1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top ten show, the movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the 1AJ, Anthony Jordan, the UK's favourite film critic, Nico Leroux, the silver screen dude! Hey screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the 1AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Leroux okay guys right this is this is a very very funny one and this is the tangent while jumping into it because as you can probably tell by the accents unless you're from a place who can't tell the difference in accents you're just hearing english we are the brits we call ourselves the two british idiots at times in the episode (laughs) and we are in three seasons we are in god how many years of but if you combine it with youtube like we go back
2: in this five years now bro
1: Five years, exactly. So you've got five years of us doing what we've done and we're looking for a topic and we're like, we we'll set in the UK. And we're like, hey, of course we've done that. No, we haven't. No. <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't touched it. And then you come to this list and you're like, hmm. This isn't one episode. <laughs>
3: oh, no.
2: <laughs> oh no. Oh no. That is beats to this mate there are levels to this list
3: you
1: know I, what was it i think it was a time when we said like best foreign f- films or what have you and then we we're like maybe we should have done foreign comedy or foreign drama because yeah. it, it's too wide it's too wide and when it came to this i was like ah, oh. i don't know film films i'm like this is definitely on the list and then i'm like oh my god i i, I didn't put it on ah Ah, yeah. Maybe we should, and then you, then it's that point of do my messages say should we have done British top ten comedies or something? And then like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And yeah.
1: no, I've, I've left it too late to do that to him. That's not fair. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and feel like a dick for half of the films that I've left out because there are, and this isn't us waving the flag for home, but no, it just is what it
2: is. There's some good shit that's come from our little island.
1: Yeah, all set in our island as it was, but
2: ha. Yeah. No, how do I balance this up? This is considering it's all very British, <laughs> my list is incredibly diverse. It's like so I've, I've got some horrors in there. I've got some classics in there. I've got some animation in there. I've got some comedies. I've got some gangsters. I've got some drug films. I've got some indie films. I've even got a, some werewolf films. <laughs> like, There's a hint. I've got so much. Tell you what I haven't done is I haven't got really any rom-coms, which I'm kind of surprised about. I know you will, because it's you, but... Well,
1: here we go. So at one point it was littered, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to have to pick one.
2: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that, I've done that with Guy Ritchie. Disclaimer. One.
1: But, but here we go. I had to do the same. And again, it was going to be littered.
2: Mm. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs>
1: I done so many different things and I I've got this list and there was one I was like it was on, I took it off, and then I'm like, Ugh. just based on small technicalities, which I'll bring out later. I'm like, no, I need to bring it out And it was it kind of ticked a box for another genre, but then you've done better than me because you've even said like stuff like animation. I'm like, huh. And okay, small disclaimer on werewolf, that one was in the list so many times, and like, even sure now too. I'm kicking I'm myself. To be fair, there's one, but again... There's one obvious
2: one, of course.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, I've I've got this list, and I'm like, how can I say this? There are times you, we do this, and you're like, right, it's locked in. But this one, honestly, I was like, I've looked at it, I'm like, are you worthy, are you not? And I'm like, just leave it. If you don't leave it, you'll be changing it, even down to the point where you say number one.
2: Bro, I was even looking at things like my left foot came into my mind can't count can't count because (laughs) i swear it's northern ireland i thought it was belfast which would have counted obviously but it's set in dublin i was like "Thank in a way fuck for that
1: uh, do you know what i swear to you because at one point this is the thing again all these films came kicking in and then i was like
3: my left foot yeah yeah yeah, number one and i'm like
1: i bet he's gonna forget it and i'm like just check what side of Ireland. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 Bro, I remembered it this morning. Same. Oh, I was like, right. my left foot. And I thought, he's going to forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, where's it set? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dare I say, the silver screen synergy, we probably were up at the same time with the exact same thought because I thought,
2: I left that out.
1: I don't oh, I'm gonna
2: gonna up the thoughts of Mr. Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs>
1: And that doesn't happen often, right? We are both in very happily committed relationships with our other halves who we love dearly. However, mm. we both woke up thinking Daniel Day-Lewis. And he, but, oh, the amount of different things that came to me and I was like, we, uh, we've taken it for granted. Mm. There are other stuff. Um, do you have any international based in England, like European international? There was a film I found out about and I'm not going to lie, it's only available on a website for me to find, which is like one of those Russian websites. It's a French film. I don't know if you've heard it called Anou les Anglaises," And it looks hilarious.
2: To what? The English are ours?
1: It's basically um, it, it translated in English. I think they call it um, Let's Go and Get These English Girls or something like that. But it just looks like your teen, teen comedy. comedy.
2: Okay. Right, 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 right. Yeah.
1: So it just basically looks like your, dare I call it American pie, like they're on a road trip, they're going to England, and they're planning to get some English women. (laughs) I'm not going to demean it in that way. But just watching even the trailer, I was like, I wish I could have found this to watch it properly. Like there are so many great stuff. And um, hey, like anyone in the US or anywhere else in the world who's listening, like again, it's not blowing our trumpet. But again, we tend to look like cinema blockbusters, you tend to look Hollywood, you know? It may be filmed over here, but it's a Hollywood movie in XYZ. When you look at some of the stuff that are actually set here, and I was like, huh. And it was one, to give you a bit of a, within our group on WhatsApp, I mentioned something I'm watching at the moment with the missus. And I was like, well, that will be in there for sure. It gives a bit of a dual view of the UK. Mm. Then I looked
2: and went, oh, it didn't make the list. (laughs) And so be it. So be it. It it's been a mad one. Just before we get in, so still doing this countdown of the Empire's top 100 movies. Mm-hmm. I think, as I said before, I'm going to finish watching them all because what happened before is that I wasn't knocking them out every single day because I wasn't able to watch a movie every single <laughs> day. You're talking
1: about the films, people.
2: Get your mind <laughs> out the gutter, Fucking hell! It's it's silver screen humour. Anyway,
1: you dirty one. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good week, anyway. And all that, there's <laughs> a throwback to last week. Leave that one alone. I'm not going back to that. That's one. all you, bro. Leave <laughs> it,
2: but no. So, doing this countdown, still, I'm on. We just reached movie number 19, which is such a good one. But we watched movie number 20 last night, Die Hard, and we actually played a game because we're both convinced, much like yourself, that it's absolutely a Christmas movie, right. Ooh. And we were like, you know what? Let's take this up a notch. Anytime there's a fucking reference to Christmas, you know, a verbal reference to Christmas point. And anytime there is an actual frame, a scene that shows something Christmassy, it could be a Christmas tree. It could be presents. It could be the ho, 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 I have a machine gun t-shirt. It could be Christmas lights on the trees outside. Something to show that we are in Christmas here. Do you know how many fucking references there are to Christmas? Because people are, oh, there's a few. I guess that makes it Christmas. Yeah, you've got the Christmas tree in the lobby. There are 69 references to Christmas in this movie. That is more than fucking love, actually.
1: Dare I say possibly even Home Alone?
2: No. No. Definitely not, because every single frame with Home Alone has got something Christmas. Yeah, uh, yeah, framing,
1: yeah, but like actual word and reference. Yes. Yeah.
2: Bro, I was like, how can people not say this is a Christmas movie? Levels. Like, there's so much Christmas going on in it.
1: So here's a question, and I'm not going to throw this to you, but for anyone who's ever followed my side of the reviewing things, how do you find it to be able to watch them all and then review because i i how can i say this do you not feel that you give it a purer review by watching it and then doing your recording
2: There is an argument to be made for that, but that can also lead to an unbalanced point of view because I found, especially when something I don't like, or I didn't have an immediate impact with, I find it better to sleep on it and let it mull around in my brain a little bit. So I can come back with something a bit more objective, which is ultimately what I think the point of critiquing is try and remove yourself emotionally from something and say, I may not like it, but, what were we going for here? Let me actually analyse this as a piece of art instead of being like, that film made me angry, therefore, down. It's
1: like... No, 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 that I agree. That part I agree, but what I'm saying is, is that you're, you're doing like 10 films in a row. Now to be like, okay, in at number
2: 19. <laughs>
1: Do you not feel clouded with the other films? No, you
2: know not, no, I, I, Do no. Do know zone in on the one also we're at the stage now where all the films are pretty fucking good so it's quite easy (laughs) like if i was doing it in the high 70s and 80s different story but we're in the top 20 here like it's all good
1: do you know what that's all good that's all good and you know what guys this is to show you how raw it is we we me and nick could actually pick up our phones and talk to each other about this there no 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 we share it with you the screen it's like Mm. this is how we do so this for anyone joining us for the first time these are the tangents yes you're here for a movie Matt rushmore what's that's about talking movies so why are you complaining we may talk wrestling we may talk video games we may talk our personal lives
2: welcome Mm. (laughs) and the dirty sheets surrounding them
1: leave that alone it was my quickest wit of a comeback never Never. (laughs) it was my quickest wit of a comeback and it obviously just backfired on me it it happened
2: (laughs) it's what it is performance issues i understand
1: Don't even try that one either. Premier League, son. Premier League. Anyway.
3: Premier
2: League. <laughs> my um, G. Uh, right. Okay. So. Man um, firing great. like gunners, you know. Come again? Man firing like the gunners, you know. <laughs> now, if
1: there is ever a time that I would have to betray my team, this would be... <laughs> <laughs> because that's not what I'm here to represent Anyway, as you said last week This isn't the Pillow Talk with the Silver Screen Dudes This is the Movie Mount Rushmore And for anyone wondering, no There will not be an episode called Pillow Talk with the Silver Screen Dudes It's it a- for
2: Multiverse Dudes But listen on the multi, that's
1: different. You can bring up a bit of everything, but it's not that we're going to be like a pillow talk section. Like, it's, it's no. You may get the odd. Right now that you've
3: it. said that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Put it this way. Put it this way. To some people, I am. A big brother to others, we are older cousins or uncles or X, Y, Z. So, if you wanted us to be your ugly uncles, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but feel free to write in and be like, "Dudes, I need your advice." You will get as pure as advice as you ever needed from two guys who call themselves the British idiots. But hey, we're seasoned vets. We don't feel we're like
2: to. Johnny Bravo up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Trouble teen hotline, Johnny Bravo talking. <laughs> hmm, what are you wearing? <laughs> That cartoon, man, that's a fucking throwback for you. You just would not get away with that cartoon, now.
1: But, do you know, this brought me onto another subject, right? And, guys, we will get to it soon. But here we go. Johnny Brother, I was just about to say can't get away with, but do you know it's come to my attention that the new American Pie's up, where it's the female takeover? What? It's, it's gone straight to DVD. I don't know if it's over here yet. I remember seeing a trailer for it. Back in June, and I was like, "Excuse me, excuse me, ha, ha, excuse me." There's a yeah. new American Pie, but yeah, it's like a female takeover. So I think it's gone straight to DVD, which I think is a bit unfortunate because, w- but it just shows the quality's so not. Many of
2: them do, though, mate.
1: I know, but when they were just the spin-offs is one thing, but when we're like, dare I say, rebooting, I would have liked to have really seen a big screen version of that. But then again, do we have big screen? At
2: do American Pie with women though? And I know all the lady listeners out there are like, the fuck did you just say? It's like, hear me out. Ladies, y'all have the ability to be gross like us. But this isn't a condemnation on you. This is a fucking praising of you. Men are gross. (laughs) like We're really gross. Like, we're not pleasant creatures, like. I mean, there's, there's two sides to this,
1: right? There's two sides to this, and both God of them are... God
2: created Adam, and then was like, I got that one all wrong. Give me a piece of rib, let's make Eve. Let that. <laughs> there, there we go. That's better. We got it wrong the first time. Let's make the ladies, let's get it right. That's how, kind of how I feel what happened. The reason I say this, you look at some of the antics, especially in the later American pies. Well, Actually, no, 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 no. Go, go to, to the, the first American one. The coming in the beer. the are getting what your hand... Hair- getting your hands super glued to your dick even in american pie the reunion when they go up to the jet ski guys and stifler's there and they're like stifler what are you doing i'm taking a shit and he's taking a fucking big monkey dunk in their bloody beer in their bloody beer keg and it's like i just can't see a woman stooping to that level of bad ladies i hold you in high regard this is why i said that don't get me wrong I know you have the ability to be gross, and when you do, it's even funnier than when we do it because it counterbalances out the fact that you're not gross most of the time. So when you do something gross, it's funny. We're just gross all the time. Do you know you what can't disagree mean, with that?
1: So you you put, you bring that what brought up one point, which was the whole pale ale thing. Like you can't really, I can't see that happening on a. Female. <laughs> that was one thing. Yeah. But let's let's go back further and. This is the condemnation of men, and I'm not... It's, let's just be real. Women will always say it. Guys will do anything that works. Now, again, we are fully committed, so we have our limits. But the whole thing to American Pie, when you take number one, was these are guys trying to lose their V card. Right. How challenging is it? And, I, I, and I'm i not disrespecting... I'm not saying women... carefully. Yeah, I know what you're getting at, but tread carefully. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes. Obviously, I'm not saying you would take anyone, but in the essence... Let's, let's go let's down to Jim.
2: Let's fucking real here, mate. If a lady clicks her fingers and offers it up, men are jumping. Ladies like... just jump and say, how high, ma'am?
1: Do you know, even down to the... And I'm not agreeing with it. Uh, it paid off in the long run. But like Jim was like, he wanted Nadia. And it was like, okay, I'm just going to get my experience from Michelle kind of thing. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like, he, he was going, he, he, he brought it down. Dare I say, he, in his eyes, he brought it down a level, you know, like that's how he saw it. And it was like, because, oh, you can get your way where, you know, they all tried their way of who, and it sounds really bad, but it, they were looking for the vulnerable ones. Like even Oz, Oz was like, okay, he was fascinated by her, but it was like the innocent, sweet girl next door type who goes to choir practice and stuff. Like, all of those things. How that it is <laughs> to be loved by you. <laughs> but do you get what I'm trying to say? So now, it's obviously, it has to be, I need to get that guy. That's the only way you can really spin it, because where those guys were like, it just needs to be done. It's, we need to get those guys by that day. Do you, do you, the spin is
2: slightly different. The spin is different. I'm fascinated to see it, because this is Taylor's oldest time. They say something, the whole audience goes, really? And then we see it and it's like, actually, yeah, that worked.
1: And, but this is, And this is why I'm like, I would have loved We'd to have given it that story for. Yes, indeed. But this is why I'm like, I think it deserves that cinema experience because it's like, we're taking a real fresh approach, but mm. I, I, this is what scares me that if you, you went down the DVD route on what I would essentially call a reboot to American Pie, where you, I know there was like the Stifler family reunion All of those straight-to-DVDs I'm cool with. This one I really felt needed a... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A cinema release, but I need to see it before I read. I might be like, ah, yeah. Do you know if Eugene is in it? No, he's not. I don't think he is. (gasps) He doesn't even really make it American Pie if that's the...
2: (laughs) Nah, you lost me there. He's in every single one of them.
1: Every single one, bar this one.
2: not american by then sorry yeah no i agree i agree
1: and that could be what lost them the cinema contract no eugene
2: no eugene nope deep dvd but we are nearly 20 minutes in should we actually get started with this we've alluded yeah. to what we're talking about
1: <laughs> indeed indeed all right so over to you intro to those joined us for the first time
2: so for those of you joining us for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening to us on iTunes, there's you'll see a little review section right at the bottom there. If you could just type up a quick little review, that would be great. It can be even one word. Awesome.
0: That would be really appreciated.
2: All the other podcast platforms usually do have a rating ability. So if you could rate this podcast five stars or double negative ten stars, that would be really good. For those of you <laughs> short on math, that means five stars as well. Um, now, how does the movie Matt Rushmore actually work? Actually, before we get into that, to quote my friend AJ, tell a friend to tell a friend, because you know what keeps us going? It's you guys. And if you have moved, if you've got other friends in your life who you talk movies with, whether it be at the bar, at the gym, on the way to work, I don't care if it's your fucking children for Christ's sake. If people you know like movies that may get a kick out of two British idiots talking movies and going on weird, crusty sheeted tangents, this is the place <laughs> for you. How does the movie Mount Rushmore actually work? AJ and I each get us on the topic, we go our separate ways, and we come back right here into recording and deliver to you, the Silver Screen Dudes Nation, our individual top 10s. This week, AJ will go first delivering his bottom three, I will deliver my bottom three, AJ will deliver his next two, I will deliver my next two, and then when we get to our individual top fives, we will be trading one apiece once we have both rounded off our individual top 10 lists. No. Oh, first time he got it wrong in three years. Rewind. If at any stage while we are rounding off our individual top 10 lists, one person has a movie in a higher position, that person will say, Punt. And we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the higher position. Once we have both rounded off our individual top 10 lists, we will create the movie Mount Rushmore. These are the four quintessential, diverse, must see movies of this genre, which this week is.
1: Movies set in the UK. And guys, trust me, it's a tough one. And we will, I guarantee you, be revisiting this one because, wow, oh, yes, there is depth and gravitas. There is depth and gravitas in this one. There is. Right. Okay. In at number 10. This one really has no place on a on, on top 10 list, but there is a reason behind it. One, it kind of gives a sort of, dare I say, the hood. <laughs> the urban lifestyle but two it has a very 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 sentimental reason for me because nine really? years ago nine years ago this is when I got a chance to hold a mic at the red carpet this is another hood this is another hood the film's called another hood never heard of it never heard of it. I didn't think you had have you heard of anything ending in hood in the UK Kidhood, hood brotherhood adulthood Kidhood, hood adulthood yeah of course yeah, okay, right. So kid adulthood hood adult-hood, they, they're really great films directed by Noel Clark, which shows the – have you seen them? No. Big films, actually, big films. They, they, they're worth a watch. They are definitely worth a watch. And it goes into Brotherhood, which is the last film they've done. But after kid and adult-hood, Adam Deacon, who was a major star from those films, went on to direct a comedy version of it, and that's why Another Hood was born he brought up Femi Orenieran who's also in Kid and Adulthood and they've just taken a spin to make it not so serious and just had a laugh with it and so you've got the story of Adam Deacon's character who's Kenneth but goes by the name of Kay because he wants to be a grime MC but while trying to support the family he works at Lamesbury's and, <laughs> so not Lamesbury's but Lanesbury's. and it's just him trying to be the bad man in it but he's not really the bad man because he is Kenneth <laughs> So it's all of that. And like one day his his boss played by Richard Blackwood mocks him and he quits the job. But in doing that, he hasn't got the money to help his mum pay the rent. His mum's played by Linda Robson, who was the first person I ever interviewed um, of Birds of a Feather fame. And um, yeah, so now that they've got bailiffs chasing them and all of that, he decides to do a bad man thing and tries to become a drug dealer. But the local estate bully steals their weed. So it's now on him to have to get the weed back. And this is why his family shunned him. This is when his friends have turned their back on him who were there. And it's on him to do it. It's very, for anyone who's seen it, there are very similar shades of the film Friday, which again, you haven't seen. I'm not going to hold it against you. We're doing UK films today. But it was comedic. As I said, on another scale, I probably would have taken another hood, kid out hood, because they were really great movies. But the sentimental ending of these were... films. Come again?
2: Ashley Williams,
1: is he not in them? Ashley Walters, yes, he is. He's actually, he's not in the kiddo hood, but he does have a small part in kiddo hood. Uh, in, not kiddo another hood. He does. He plays this kind of like crackhead as well, which is hilarious. They brought uh-huh. up all the stars on this. They, they've really done some stuff. Have you seen that guy called um, Tiny Iron? I think he's a huge dude. He's in it as well. They brought in everyone really they could to to really he make it. Huge, is big nasty in it. No, Nasty hadn't done the acting chops at that point, actually. Um,
3: Jammer. I, Nasty. I think
1: Nasty would have been a really great addition to it, actually. He would have been a really good addition to it. But no, they really bring it. And there are some stuff where, you know, they, they, they tackle the, the issues that go on in there. It shows you that you could be from any background and, you know, get along. So you got like, did you ever watch Skins?
2: Skins? Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> One of the characters from there is in there. Um, They tackle, like, knife crime. They just show you basically what it's like to live on an estate and they play on some of the stereotypes that's there. Like, again, knife crime. Like, you're about to see someone stab someone. I'm I i could. going to spoil it. Screw it. It's, it's out there. They're like, so they're about to rob Kay and that, and they've got the knife crime out there. And they're like, do it. No, you do it, fam. No, you do it. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he's got the knife, and he's about to stab him. He's like, hold on. I know you, and then he starts playing on to like Kay who's like, like the worst rapper. He's like, "I love your song, fam." There's no way I can stab you, dude. Like, it was just, it's, it's, it's mad stupidness, like. But it, they, they play it up really. Ill. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Sadly, after this, Adam Deacon had personal mental issues, which has stopped him from actually acting or writing more films because there was actually talks of Another Hood Two and whatnot. But now, nah, for personal reasons, it definitely made it into my list.
2: Mate, fair. You've <laughs> As you tend to do on the rare occasion, have put me into an awkward position where I'm like, "Cool story, bro." <laughs> I know,
1: I know. That's the one. That's the. That's one. all you, my friend. Cool. Right. In at number nine. I actually didn't think it would be this low. I actually didn't, and then I'm toying with. I want to swap it, and then they just had to stay there. You talked about rom com. This was the one rom com I'd done. Yeah, Love I knew actually be one. Love actually.
2: Well, I mean I couldn't bring that in because it's deleted.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually forgot about that.
1: I actually forgot about that. So you you don't have any rom-com. No. Right. I I looked and I played it and then I, there are you know, many. I
2: we could have done literally top 10 do British. Know what
1: I, do, you know what, do you know what actually hit me and yes it will actually come for another episode. But I just realized that Hugh Grant is actually in all of them. Like the ones that were, were my top contenders. I was, I was like Bridget Jones. I'm like, okay, that's two Hugh Grants. Um, okay. Um, what was the other one? Not in Hill. Okay, he's in that as well. Four Weddings. Damn, like that. Like it, so many great ones. And then I just really played on Love Actually. I actually, forgot it was deleted. You. But because of the all star cast behind it, the fact that it was best of British. It was, yeah, it really was. It really was, and it touched on that. And it does have a nice sentimental value. I did very nearly lead Notting Hill, and because of British... Oh, startups.
2: no! That's a bad, bad AJ. Go in the what? corner now. Notting Hill? You're not a fan? No, I'm a big fan. But not over love, actually. Die.
1: I don't know. Different reasons. But then I love Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones are awesome. They are all kinds yeah, of awesome. Are.
2: They are very they are all
1: good. all kinds of awesome. I've had so much fun with those. But yeah. there's a magic to love, actually, that you can't eliminate. <laughs> There's a certain magic to love, actually, that as much as I'm never the, the first to bat for it, every time I watch it, I'm like, I
2: do like you. I do like you. You're, you're you can't girl. not like it. Yeah. And I'm so bored of hearing this cynical fucking argument, especially with the Kira Knightley story. It's like, he literally was going after his best friend's l- woman. It's like, yeah, love can be complicated. Yeah. <laughs> It's not ever clear-cut as like, let's work within the social parameters of, ah, shucks, man. She's my best friend's gal. Let's leave her alone. It's like, no, I'm not saying act on your impulses, but I'm saying you can't exactly control impulses. If you have feelings, you have feelings. I think, if anything, he did very good to not act on it. He did something very nice, which was to go to her house on Christmas and basically the message is, I'm always gonna be there, I'm, and I'm not gonna be there in a sort of creepy. Hey, I'll be there, with the shoulder to cry on when you've had a fight. Not in that creepy capacity. It's like you're wonderful. You're my best friend's wife now, which makes you even more wonderful. I wish you all the happiness. I haven't made a secret that I've got a soft spot for you. There's someone who I've got a soft spot for in the background. <laughs> that was all okay. kinds of. Yeah. <laughs> THIS IS THE CYNICAL BULLSHIT I'M BORED OF HEARING. Like, think about this girl,
0: what is she supposed to do? Like, you have this dude there, and he's like, don't tell your husband, I'm going to be standing creepily here, and you have to lie to your husband who's there, and I'm going to tell you I love you, and then I'm going to leave you with that. And that's men's idea of romance. I mean, God, think about this poor girl. What is she supposed to do? Like, thanks.
2: Well, she kissed him.
0: Exactly. So he's put her in a position when she was like, well, okay, I have to do something so he doesn't feel that bad. Pity, kiss. And now she's yeah. back with her husband thinking, did I make the right choice?
1: No, she's yeah. not! <laughs> half <laughs> half of what you're saying, most of what you're saying, I agree with.
2: Love is complicated.
1: Just, no, most of what
3: Anya bad has bad just bad said.
1: Bad. Most of what Anya has said, I agree Let's with.
2: Love you do stupid, selfish shit. No. Listen, but you well, it does know. the Point.
1: But listen, listen. Most of what she said, I agree with because I've I've not been a big fan. let hold on. Hold on. Most of it, I remember being very disturbed by that scene. But you've equally said it. Love is very complicated. It's not just straight cut. But let's also be honest, right? In the weird situation where a woman has just gone to her house to your house to see the video of your wedding, right? <laughs> And all she sees is footage of her and nobody else. He has an explanation to do, and he has to apologize for that. And it's awkward to be able to go up to your friend. And let's be honest, it's not.
2: God, he doesn't allow an explanation, it. mate. A picture says a thousand words and a video is a thousand pictures. No, it was that it's was the apology. Of that was the fucking scene. No words were needed. It was all clear. yeah, yeah fucking clear. She what has saying, that kind of thunderstruck, Jesus Christ moment. It's not a happy thunderstruck moment, but it's like oh, reality. Yeah. And he yeah. couldn't handle it. You know, he does a runner. Like, that's kind of the power of this movie. It's like this overwhelming feeling of incapacity that they but have. Do you know, do you know,
1: there were two sides to this. One, in any film, I don't care who you are, what film you're watching, you need a villain. Now, this film doesn't directly make anyone a villain.
3: Love shows, is the villain, mate. That's the but kind this the, of. But
1: this is what I was going to say. It's the actions that make you wrong and how you do right and how you write them. And some people don't do right for them. And it shows you. And more to the point is, the title says it all. Because yep. if I say to you, what is love? Love is this. Love is that. Love is this. And we all have a different answer. Says, love well, is actually, Estro love... Terminal
2: 2 at Christmas.
1: Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But it actually says love actually is this. And then it shows you all the different angles. And I'm not saying that you've pined for my missus or I've pined for yours. However, it has happened in life. People know these situations have happened. So they're showing you all the different aspects from a lonely person, from someone who's been betrayed by someone, from this, from that. This is it. And it highlights all the
2: areas. And this is what I think the movie, where it treads very carefully, because, you know, if you go into the realms of he actually porks her, terrible expression I know, but, you know, you don't want to be that guy who sleeps with his best friend's missus and then the guy comes home to find his best friend and his fiance in the bed together. Then you've become an outright dickhead. Yeah. Now you're a villain. Now wh- that has broken this kind of mystical barrier that's called love that is shielding this kind of fragile scene. But the way they play that scene out, when he goes to her with the postcards and the caroling music, because he's there. He doesn't want to hurt his best friend. He, under no circumstance, wants to break up their marriage. He's not trying to be a homewrecker. He needs closure for himself. It was, if anything, it was almost self-therapy to do that. He wasn't angling for the kiss afterwards. I'm sure it made him feel very good. But but look at that part. What, closure, he and he walked away. Closure. Like, do you know what? This is my best friend and his wife. I need to step the fuck back, but I need to get this off my chest. I think... You're wonderful. Merry Christmas.
1: And then look, what, what did he, what, he yeah. walks away? It's done. It's done. Like yeah. he
2: knows, that's it. That was it. I Clo-cut. said what I had to say. It was closure. And from, God bless, I love my missus, but I think what she said is really simple because it's so easy to look at it from, you know, put on your your analytical glasses and look at it from an outside perspective and be like well within the boundaries of social etiquette and the way that we should be treating each other as human beings i believe that was a most distasteful thing to do sure but that's kind of the point sometimes that makes you do stupid shit and boy have we been there (laughs) we all (laughs) have we haven't you haven't loved if you're some sort of Temporary Stepford wife or Stepford husband being power to you. I feel sorry for you, but power to you. Bro, do
1: you know my actual reply was going to be? If you haven't, you will soon. That is my, because we all, no one is entirely emotionless. I've always said it and I've said it to guys. I've never actually said it on air, but I will say it on air now. We talked about guys being very distasteful when we talked about American pie. Yes. There are stuff that every guy has done for a girl that he dares not even admit, because it's like, I can't believe i was that stupid, and that is what you, love or apparent love makes you do, you know, so it, it's come again? Also lust. Lust, yeah, no matter which way you look at it, but I'm just saying this, there are times when you are so infatuated, and so taken by it, by this emotion, that you could do stupid stuff, it doesn't matter, and it's, you don't want to, you know it's not within your field, and I'm not saying it's an entirely negative thing, where You're hurting other people. You could be hurting yourself in doing it. And trust me, hands up, done it. Like, we've been there. You know what I mean? Every man has had that, ooh, that burn along the way. Every woman's had it. People do stupid things for love. And it's there. Sometimes you're wrong. And I think eventually he found out that that's not for him. But he had to express it to realise it wasn't for him. Mm. Again, write to us at Silver Screen Dudes. We will be your agony uncles. (laughs) Alright, you're number eight Again, this is a very difficult one to have had this low So we've done a bit of the London It's time to move to Scotland Braveheart (gasps) (laughs) So having it at number eight is low But it's actually better than not having it on the list at all
2: Yeah, shit. How the fuck did I forget Braveheart?
1: Have you represented Scotland at all on this list? Yes. Good. Okay. Okay. Right. Good.
3: God damn
1: it. I re- <laughs> if you hadn't, I would have given you a chance to re- readjust your list at, at, at some point. No, know right? Scotland
2: are high. Like- okay,
1: cool. Good. Yeah,
2: Scotland makes another
1: reappearance Scotland makes another reappearance for me but we have to talk about this one this is the film that you so rightfully put me onto it's the battle of Scotland between the Scots and the British and excellent delivery by good old Mel Gibson who yes is a polarising character but we will call him good old Mel Gibson because
3: as an actor and director exactly
1: this is it. This is it. And these these are the points that we're going to look at. Again, we don't, we don't, how can I say this for anyone listening for the first time? We don't just sweep the carpet past it and be like, oh, you're a good guy. You know, like, you don't no. do only kids, but I love your films. No, we don't do that. But there are certain times when certain things have been put to our attention prior to the sins of a person. And you can't dismiss it. I'm not going to be out there and be like, hey, give Kevin Spacey another film. But I'm also can, aware can of I it. Can I just
2: also touch on something here? Mel Gibson has gone now through years and years and years of self-improvement and, like, disclosed self-improvement and therapy and anger management. And, yeah, like, he's with a woman now. He seems to have completely changed as a man. Now, I'm sure there's an argument to be made, the fact that that's just because he wants to keep working. Sure, maybe. Alternatively, maybe believing in the better angels of his existence. He has changed because he's definitely. He, he, Hollywood certainly seems to be embracing him again. Well, this and is
1: it, and I mean,
2: I know he did lot of bad shit. he's he was highly anti-Semitic. He was highly abusive in interviews. He was ridiculously racist, and he was unforgivably abusive towards women, specifically his woman. But he's gone through a lot of therapy, like where i'm not saying that i'm here to defend him because i'm not but i do just want to put the feelers out there it seems it kind of feels a bit like a dated soundbite now to say bad mel gibson it's like yeah but a lot of shit's happened to him since then he's right. gone through. i'm not saying he's reached the level where the public should forgive him and as you said sweep it under the carpet because they Rightfully so, there are some people, especially the people affected by his words, who shouldn't ever forgive him. Like, he hasn't done anything to earn their forgiveness, and I appreciate that. But I'm just saying, looking at him from a therapy point of view, he's obviously committed a lot of his time to become a better human being.
1: I also look at the fact of who Mel Gibson was prior to that. I mean, there's, there's this dark patch, and I don't, I don't ever see Mel Gibson as this all-out abusive racist like at the well, time of I Lethal Weapon. Him. And they'd be right too. Come again? Some do, and they would be right too. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that I'm, if you look at the guy from the early, the, the mid-80s, Mad Max, Lethal Weapon, all of that, like, yeah. I don't see that. But then this point came, this dark cloud of his time. It's not to say, like, from the day that Mel Gibson stepped on set in Hollywood, he's been doing X, Y, and Z. Then you would be like, you know what? You are a disgusting creature. Mm. Yeah. There's this dark cloud, there's this dark period in the time span. And as you said, it's not that I'm forgiving it, you know, it's not that at all, but...
2: Yeah, yeah, it's... It, it, no. When when you're using the N-bomb to describe black people, when you're encouraging rape on the woman that you're with, when you're making... Something's not right. Something's not right. ...anti-Semitic, you know... Um, from, there's a part of me that says, if you call the Passion of the Christ anti-Semitic, then you've got a problem with the overarching story of the Bible. Just just putting that one out there. I know that's that dangerous territory to go down, but a lot of that was taken from the Bible. I know that the way that they were depicted didn't exactly make the Hebrews look, should we say, positive. <laughs> but... <laughs> that film is a hard one to defend, and I'm not trying to, but I'm just saying Mel has done some self-improvement work, lots of it. So ignoring Mel Gibson out of this, Braveheart is fucking awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's it's
1: yeah, let's let's bring it back to the film. Um yeah, it it's all kinds of awesome, and he really gives that you know, he 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 brings William to life. He brings William to life, and you you have the element as you've continuously said anyone who was about to jump on this Braveheart film it's not historically correct what are the few little errors along the way just it a few just it a you, fucking few <laughs> it shows you the battle between two countries who have forever been at odds with each other and still are in a very more even, even
2: that statement mate even that I would say makes the film inaccurate because there was no battle here the English butt fucked the Scottish.
1: Like, I get it. No, but what I said is. There's two
2: no ways about it. I, Scotland, were warrior poets. We won the Battle of Starling. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you fucking didn't. You won a bridge. You won the Battle of Starling Bridge. At the Battle of Starling, you got bent over and given up the Hershey Highway, my friends. <laughs> I will build a wall. Oh, good. A wall. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: has, has never worked out too well. These old good old
2: wolves. Not what no, no anyway, not solution. tear them down. But, yeah. um, no, the reality is, is that they do. The film has got such power that even if you are historically in the know, and that, you know, that they never sacked York, they never won the battle of Stirling, They never stormed the fields of Falkirk and Dungleberry. You know, that never happened. The English wrecked them. And I'm not saying this is like, yes, rule Britannia and all that. No, the English are cunts in this movie. Absolute vile. Probably were
1: in real life as well, historically. Let's be real. But
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. So for me, that line that Edward Longshank says, the problem with Scotland is that it's full of Scots. And I'm like, Change that around to English and insert every single fucking country that the drunk English lads have ever decided to go on holiday to. There's a reason that the Germans call the English island monkeys. They're not wrong. Look how the Brits behave when they go abroad. Let's go fucking mental. Let's go fucking mental. We're fucking animals, mate. Like, the people who frequent the party areas who happen to be British in foreign lands make me go, oh, I'm so glad I've got a French passport right now. Hello, monsieur, I would like you a glass of red wine. Nothing like the English. Merci beaucoup, you know? <laughs> let's not, let's not, while I'm bashing the Scottish historical accuracy of this film, I am in no way backing the behaviour of the British. I just want that to be clear.
1: No, no problem. Yeah, of course, of course. I, it does a lot for Scottish pride, put it in that way. That's what it does. It, yeah. it, it Scottish heritage is also displayed, but historically, wrong.
2: <laughs> I think it's the best way, but... Although, you, if you could, you would. Like, if you were wearing a kilt with nothing under it and you are about to go into battle, you would most certainly flash. <laughs> I would. Kiss my arse.
1: <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. It, it. it plays on the traditions of the Scots. It gives the dare I say the Scottish warrior mentality justice, yeah. but it yeah. doesn't historically fit in. But it's it's an all round great movie that needs to be seen it's and admired.
2: Phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. Okay. Remember this is a time pre green screen, so those battles it was that scale. Exactly. Exactly. It was
1: it was metal. They've done some, some wonderful with that. Okay, over to you, sir. You're number 10.
2: Okay, my number 10 is my first werewolf movie, and it's not the one that everyone's anticipating, obviously. But the reason it's on here is because I don't think, maybe once I've brought this up in three years on podcast, I think it is a little hidden gem of a British movie. It's very few people speak of it, but it is visceral as a werewolf film. It's got a good director, who I'll say in a minute. It's got a good cast, and it's dog soldiers.
1: Yes, you have brought this up before.
2: I have? Okay, well, I'm going to bring it up again now. Well, no, it's, it been, it's
1: been a while, though. Absolutely ages. But it's I remember the name. a
2: hidden gem of a film. So it's really simple. group of army guys go doing army stuff in the forest. You can see I've got the technical terms on lockdown here. And... <laughs> They happen to be in the, I actually think this is set in Scotland. It's in the Highlands, I believe. And they just happen to be going at the wrong damn time because they have to, they're they're being hunted, they're being chased, and they end up in this little cottage surrounded by motherfucking werewolves. And these are cool werewolves. These are large, scary fucking werewolves. And it's like, everything about this works, Hostage Situation, In a Little Cabin in the Woods, Werewolves and Big Guns, and Sean Pertwee. <laughs> tick, 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 tick.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, He's directed by Neil Marshall, who also did films like The Descent and, less famously so, the more the the more recent Hellboy. Mm.
3: Okay.
1: I would love to add, I must admit, it brought up ages ago and I haven't seen it, but it, it, <laughs> all kinds of cool. All kinds
2: really? of cool such fun it's as b-movie as you like like it's not going for big budget thrills or anything it is as b-movie as you like but it is it's a gem of a film absolute gem if you like werewolves and you like macho man doing macho man things and kicking the shit out of werewolves and they do like it that, that's the really cool thing it's like i mean they get disemboweled for most parts and I mean, there's literally a line in the movie of my guts are hanging out. hope. Oh, we'll put them back in then, man. You know, it, it's as macho as you like. My guts are hanging out. Oh, we'll put them back in. Like stitch up. Literally hanging out. It's like, holy shit. Okay. <laughs> so it is as B movie as you like, but it's cool that in when surrounded by werewolves, because it's macho, man, they're not just succumbing to the fear. It's like, let's fuck these doggies up (laughs) but they tried the doggies mostly fuck them up as it happens as it happens Hey, sounds sounds fun
0: it's a lot of
2: fun it's a lot a lot of fun i mean is it by right should it be in there when movies like braveheart and love actually allowed out there apps are fucking lootly not but I don't think he gets enough of a fair shout. And I, I've got, this I've got is some- it.
1: sometimes, sometimes, especially with the lower end numbers, it's films that just deserve their right to be mentioned. Sometimes it's like, if I don't bring it up now, when's the next chance I get to, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Right. My number nine, I definitely have brought this up before, and I think I turned you on to it. Um, don't know if you got a chance to seeing it, but you were definitely intrigued by it. Indie British movie called dead man's shoes. No, 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 no. Definitely. Um, it's got a very, very early role for Toby Kebbell, who you'll know as Cobra from uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Not in ape form, but in human form. (laughs) And essentially, it. Okay, so it's very, very small Northern English town. Army vet essentially comes back. And he starts picking a fight with the local gang, because as it turns out, oh, do I give this away? This is a spoiler. No, I'm not giving that away. But okay, I'll mask it in a different way. The local gang have basically been bullying his brother, his his uh, handicapped brother, played by Toby Cabell, right? And he starts to pick these fuckers off one by one. And he almost becomes like, Almost a phantom like apparition, because although he's appearing in broad daylight, it seems just everywhere these fuckers look. This guy's right there. He's right there and he won't get off them. And he starts killing them one by one. And the movie's building up. Like, well, his brother's right there. This is bullying. Why is he going this hardcore on them? So the story is kind of like, well, why? That's that what you're looking for. Is that, I mean, he because he goes full beast mode on them. Why? I mean, they deserve an ass kicking for bullying, no doubt. But to kill them? And then you find out gradually why they're being killed one by one. And it's, should we say, vindicated. And it is a superb story. And it's in the title. The clue is in the title. Dead Man's Shoes. Your silence is worrying me. No, I'm writing it down. <laughs> I'm
1: writing it down because I, I have a list. I have a list called To See. And that's now on there for sure again. Because previously, come again, list of Luro. <laughs> you could call it that. You could call it that. It, it has many recommendations aside from yours, but yours is quite prominent in there. <laughs> 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 it is a way of putting it. But you just—it's it, so difficult sometimes to early podcasts, I would have it, and I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But then you lose one list or another. This is just called to see, and I just—I've actually got a tick box. Like, no, no joking. Again, this is for us talking. Apologies, no one else can see it. But do you see it? It's got the check boxes there. So I just tick yeah. it as I see them. <laughs> like, it, it needs to be done that way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that sounds like another good one. And I apologize for not
2: remembering it previously. But
1: it's now definitely on the, the list. list. It up once, <laughs> mate.
2: It's a goodie.
3: It's a cool. real,
2: real goodie. Uh, my number eight is my one animation on this list. Um, and that is The Sword in the Stone nice
1: nice 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 um quick shout out to my missus that's her favorite animated movie
2: from disney i I was about to say this more i'm more i'm speaking to people about animated movies more and more i find out how near and dear this is to people because it's one of the you know it's one of the overlooked disney gems it's i've i kind of put it in the same bracket as pinocchio you know everyone loves Pinocchio, but in the pantheon of disney films you never bring it up You always reach for your Lion Kings and your Snow Whites and your Aladdins and your Beauty and the Beast. You know, no one ever really pulls for Pinocchio, which is crazy because it's a classic and no one ever really pulls for the sword in the stone. But equally, it's fucking brilliant. So the sword in the stone is essentially the coming of age story of King Arthur. (laughs) it's <laughs> mm-hmm. literally what it is he starts off as kind of like you know uh, 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 i guess you would call him almost a uh, medieval bellhop isn't he you know he's he's the dish scrubber he's he's the guy who puts armor on his on his uh i think it's his cousin's horse when he's training for the for the for the ja- not the javelin what's he called it. thank you jousting <laughs> Um And along comes Merlin, the Merlin, the world's most powerful wizard, and Merlin takes little Arthur under his wing and trains him in the ways not of magic but of improving himself of becoming not a man in the toxic patriarchal sense of the word, but, but just yes, he can be growing up, growing mm-hmm. up, making him stand on his own two feet, teaching him things about courage, about bravery, about respect, you know. All of these facets which are very important to humankind, but it's done in a very, very, very playful way. And there's some very memorable scenes in it, like when he gets turned into a fish and he's chased by that big fucking carp in the moat, or when they go up into the trees as squirrels, or probably notably the set piece of the movie, which is the wizard battle between him uh, between Merlin and Mad Mad, Mad Madam Bim. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I don't know this. where I pulled that name from, but there you go. Um you know, and the big purple dragon. No, no, Mim, you said no no pink dragons. Did I say no purple dragons? Did I? (laughs) There's a lot of great moments in this, ultimately all building up to the moment where he pulls Excalibur from the sword in the stone and becomes king of the realm. Mm -hmm.
1: Great story. Indeed, indeed. Now, I've got to be honest, I was I was late. Late as in last year. I think, or early this year. Well, I was with the missus, I was as yeah, we watched it together. So that's how like I thought in the stone. Always wanted to see it, but again, I think because it's one of those that gets left out in terms of all-time breaks, it, you you don't tick that box, you know of it, and you're like, I'll get there. And then sometimes you feel like you not dare I say too well, but you're like missed it kind of thing, and I'll catch it when I do. And yeah. then she was like, Oh, it's my favourite animation. I was like, Oh my god, like you know, uh, let's let's watch it. She like, no, she was more, Oh my god, you haven't seen it. I was like, Yeah, well, I'm up for it. I was hmm. slightly not let down, but i it wasn't what I expected, but I enjoyed it. I was expect I, for some reason, thought it came later and then we see the whole rise, of but that whole journey that you just explained was really fun. And I was like, oh, hmm. different spin, but awesome spin at the same time, you know? like So, no, I agree. I, yeah, not much to add. It's cool. Great film. Great film that yeah. does need that bit more attention.
2: It's kind of what I've gone for with my bottom three. It's like those ones that people don't talk about enough. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I hear you. Now that you mentioned some of this, I was like, damn, there was another film I forgot. But hey, we shall live with it. Right, in at number seven, the film that swept the nation as a UK film for us, oh, swept the world as a UK film for us in our teen days, Mm. Full Monty.
3: (laughs) Fuck! God fucking damn it! (laughs)
2: ah great choice <laughs>
1: motherfucker thank you thank you, thank you. It, it, uh, again guys this will be revisited so a lot of the screams you hear from us is like it, it just shows how much is based over here that we just sometimes take for granted that you just forget them and when it does come back up you're like damn but the 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 full Monty for anyone who hasn't seen it and hasn't heard of it is one of the weirdest films that I ever thought I would enjoy. I never thought you telling me a bunch of middle-aged or over-the-hill men dare I say stripping yeah. is a film I'm gonna watch. And you know, you you have your stuff like Magic Mike and all of that where all the ladies are running to it, and you're like, oh god, what is this about? But essentially, that it's same John
2: Carrol and Tom Addy, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and um the the black guy from um, only the horses. Yeah, horse. yeah. <laughs> But all of the the entire cast, but yeah, Robert Carlyle and Mark Addy are your two. And um Ray
2: Wilkins. Ray Wilkinson.
1: Yes, indeed, indeed. But the same reaction that I just gave is exactly Ray Wilkinson. Tom Wilkinson. I'll get there. Even better. Yes, that is
3: correct.
1: <laughs> oh, do you know what? Now you've got me on a point where I feel like I'm gonna do an injustice to everybody else in this film. Um bear with me one second. The full Monty. Which has Robert Carlyle, Mark Caddy, Tom Wilkinson, Hugo Spear, Steve Hewison, Paul Barber, William Snape, um, Leslie Sharp, Emily Wolf, Deirdre Costello, Paul Butterworth, Bruce Jones. All right, we'll leave it there because I'm not Bro,
2: People read it. do not know who these people are. Yeah, you and no you you know, me no. don't know who these people are, for fuck's sake.
1: No, but mainly for the main cast, there's a few of them there, like Hugo Spear, like we left out, Paul Barber, who is the guy from Only Fools. You know, anyway, but let's get to the the key point of it. When you hear about these middle-aged men stripping, you're like, why would I want to watch this? But that's the reaction that people have in this film because essentially the story is a bunch of guys who worked within the steel mines of Sheffield and once all of that has gone down, the the steel industry has gone down, all they are doing is going to the job centre in search of work. And while they can't do that, and Robert Carlyle's trying to do the best he can to support his son, they one day. I mean, is,
2: son... he, is he? Is he? really? Like, no, he's is... not. Is he?
1: yeah, 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 you just caught me on a bit of a refresh there. But I've re- he's got a relationship with his son, but he's he can't do much, can he? He's just there. That there we
2: call it, it. was a depression, isn't it? There was a depression in that era. He's on the goal talking about sneaking his son into football games, and his son even him, "Why can't we have a normal relationship like all the kids?" <laughs> can't afford yeah. it.
1: They can't afford it. Let's be real. It was it, it was a depression after that. It wasn't exactly a booming time in there. If you can't do it, you can't do it. But you're still trying to bring him somewhere and do what you can. Not the best. Yeah, training into, players, into, oh, into strip
2: it? clubs and sneaking into football games. This is not a model spade. father. That's called a pay
1: again. But this is what leads to it, as you said, is that when he realizes that was it? Is it the Chippendales are coming to town? Yeah. It was the Chippendales. God, there's yeah. a name you don't hear anymore. But they, at the All Male Strip Club, uh, strippers are coming there and the women are clamouring. And it's at that yeah. point that Robert gets the idea, well, maybe we should do a strip show because look at the money these guys are making and the women are all over it. There, there is money to be made here. Now, when you look at guys who work in a factory and they aren't of the Channing Tatum physique (laughs) as of Magic Mike but they are of the Robert Carlyle and Mark Addy frame it's like you've got to be kidding me and (laughs) everyone is like no (laughs) chance in hell yeah right you guys are gonna go there and why should we go because we're gonna go the full Monty and everyone's like you're gonna do what and for anyone who doesn't get what that we're getting at right now the full Monty is completely nude so now we have this whole Film of all of these guys that always be up at the job center on the doll being slowly but surely all convinced into why they should do this and building their dance routine
2: and the comedy ensues. <laughs> you couldn't make it up if you tried. It is great, but as well as all the comedy, the thing that I think this movie deserves immense credit for is while being obviously comedic in its self-deprecation. There is an emotional journey that they all go through. You know, two of them turn out to be gay and fall in love with each other. One's got to come to terms with the fact that he is now a middle-aged man. One's got to come to terms with his wife leaving him because he's lying to her. Um, You know, Mark Addy's got to come to terms with his weight. Robert Carlyle's got to come to terms with the fact that he's not being a good father. They've all got a, proper there's a, there's really a, a, journey. a personal journey. Yeah,
1: there is a personal journey, that, and it's revealed, it's played really well within the film, actually, which really is a, well. very, very true. And all, all the time through this, there is a laugh, you know, and that's how they balance it really well. That despite all of these different bits, you can still have a laugh at it. And it, it just shows the reflection of each person coming together. you you have similar backgrounds but you all have an independent different journey and challenges and battles to overcome and different reasons behind what they're doing for this you know and it it shows really well
2: I have to say I do warm to Mark Addy's journey the most weirdly just because he's got to come to terms with you know body image issues and I think the fact that he overcomes that in the form of stripping I'm like good for you man yeah yeah and
1: I would be remiss to say it because we talk about the, the the wonders of singing in the rain and whatnot. The guy who who keeps thinking he can run up a wall. (laughs) You ain't Cosmo. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. It needs to be seen. It needs to be seen. It is one of our golden gems from the UK.
2: It really is. Fucking idiot that I am. In at number six.
1: Don't worry. As I said, we will be revisiting and you will have a chance to definitely bring it. Yeah, cover. but
2: my list is basically just going to become your list when we revisit it. No, but they're
1: different. They're, we've got different things. There are some that you're going to bring up, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And then there are some that we just completely missed and didn't have a chance to bring up. So, you know, British comedy. I mean, my top
2: five are fire. I'm not going to lie. Um,
1: listen, I, I don't doubt that. I know you. So I, I don't doubt <laughs> that at all. Right. In at number six, a bit of espionage. And no, it's not Mr. Bond. This one, my friend, is where Maneth makers the man, <laughs> the Kingsman.
3: What the fuck is wrong with me?
2: Mother fucking!
1: I am not on the ball this week. There's so many. There is only so many. Hmm. I said, fuck my life. It was, it's was. it been a tough, it was a tough week. What I thought this list would be and what this list turned out to be is two very different things. It was a very, very, very tough one to come about. And uh, if I'm honest with you, the Kingsman hit me this morning. So you're not, you're not completely off the guard. Given two more hours, you probably would have gone there as well. But yes, the, <laughs> the Kingsman, I always, did. was it you that said this was a, um... Adapted from a comic book or something.
2: Graphic like novel, yeah.
1: Graphic novel. This, uh, again, I was so shocked at that. I just thought it came out of nowhere. But it, it, when you talk of the Kingsman, it, it's always really interesting how the journey begins because, it, again, call it Sword of the Stone, call it that. you know, it, it's who it was not meant to be in line to be that star, the 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 the, the secret Tarrant. agent. That he was. Yeah, Tarridge Edgerton. not hit, but his character is it Sugsy? Am I getting the name right? Eggsy. Eggsy. You see? So you forgot the film, I forgot the name. I don't know who's worse. Probably me. <laughs> but yeah, Exley's character, again, you know, he's just a guy just living his life, if you would. Trying to. He's dodging in and out of stuff, but it's not really the highest of expectation. And then he's drafted. He becomes part of the Kingsman. You know, he... That, that that journey was something completely different. And I know I'm saying it completely wrong. Why am I blurring right now into what the film was? His dad was one of them, isn't it? His dad was Secret Service, if I'm not mistaken. There was something about a newspaper that I'm blanking on. I don't know why I'm
2: hazy on the, the newspaper film. you're blanking on. Yes, his dad, I believe, was Secret Service. I think you're right. Yes,
1: his dad was Secret Service, but he did not amount to much. And it's it's upon the meeting and coming down to Savile Row that he he's then taken into this world of Secret Service and what I love is that the street smarts are what allowed him to become one of the greatest within the team it's it's that unlocking of potential and using your etiquette so while there were those who have always dreamed of joining the Kingsman service and becoming that the way he uses the different technique and thinking outside of the box is what creates this Hero that we have. I believe Colin Firth is an absolute great mentor in this film. Yeah. He, he It's a sign of Colin Firth that I've not seen before because he, he always plays a gentleman, which oh. he's doing on this side, but he, he gives a little action to it that you're like, oh, I like this guy. A little, a little. <laughs> did you see the church scene? <laughs> the church, even the pub scene it's like, okay, right. He just locks in and you're like, what's going to happen? What is this dude and his umbrella
2: going to deliver? And does he? deliver he most yeah. certainly fucking guys and you know the supporting cast around him you've got like Strong Strong you've hard. got Sophia Butler playing the crazy chick with the sword legs you've got Samuel L Jackson obviously playing the main antagonist with a with a lift
1: do you know Samuel L Jackson did wind me up in this film and can I say I'm, I'm I guessing love. does Samuel Jackson or Robert Carlyle do they come up in your list again at all Carlyle does yeah Okay, so the film that I'm going to bring up doesn't isn't there then. One that I was so close to bringing up, but because I've got them in different films, was 51st State. That is a film that I highly recommend anyone to see. But yeah, no, the character, Samuel Jackson's character in this film, and I'm not saying someone with sword legs makes the film believable or whatnot, but that was the one that really, I just felt, it was a weird villain. And that's where I could be like okay now i get why you're telling me graphic novel i know it sounds stupid when you look at all the other bits of a real secret society very much mirroring men in black or something like that We also but... haven't talked about michael cain <laughs> <laughs> michael cain is michael cain isn't it these these tops i'm gonna go what would you like to add on that there that i left out
2: so michael Caine's in it
1: oh but no oh okay <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's tons of people. That no, Michael Caine was tops. He was freaking awesome in it. It's, it's, I loved it. It was a great film. Preferred it? Did I prefer? No, definitely number one over number two. Actually, number one way over number two. Yeah, and number two you did, was very good. It was weird. It was different. It was different. I see, but because you're trying to bring to me like two secret services kind of clashing and competing, but also still getting on, it was weird. But I, I appreciate the journey that they tried to put us on. Mm-hmm if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Secret societies and how they're all based together. And look out for The King's Man, which will be coming later on in some point soon.
2: Yeah. I'm on the fence about that, given what happened in number two. But yeah. So that was your number six. Yeah. Indeed. yep. Over to you, sir. Okay. My number seven, a classic, um, not starring a Brit though, but very much a British film, Audrey Hepburn playing Eliza Doolittle in My Fair Lady. I was so close to putting it in. So it so kind of had to go in. Kind of had to go in.
1: I, I know. I know. I, I, it hurt me to not put it in. It's, it's on my list. It's definitely there as an honorable so Yeah. Well played.
2: So, I mean, story of My Fair Lady, based off of the uh, the, the play Pygmalion, which became a Broadway play called My Fair Lady, which then became a multi-adapted cinema film called My Fair Lady. I'm going with the one with Sir Rex Harrison playing Henry Higgins and If you're going to do it, you have to go with the right one. Story is really simple. Essentially two upper class very upper class socialites one I believe a former general and then you've got the phonetics professor Henry Higgins essentially do a bet that they can turn a I'm a good girl I am you know, a Cockney street girl into into a lady. A sophisticated, refined, how-do-you-do lady, right? And <laughs> there's a weird chemistry that develops between Eliza Doolittle and Henry Higgins yeah. because whereby she just starts off as a simple bet to him a mechanism by which to win money and we're not even talking big money there's much more pride at stake here than anything you know if anything that almost diminishes her achievements but they do such a good job on turning her into a quote-unquote sophisticated refined lady that she even attracts attention of you know some really really high up blokes who take a real liking to her and then Henry Higgins plays it like it's all his success. It's my success that you like her, which kind of encourages Eliza Doolittle to leave him because fuck you, just you, wait, Henry Higgins. Um, And then he realizes that he misses her face. He misses being around her. He misses her presence. And the message behind it is it doesn't really matter what social boundaries and social standing represent. Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on behind that. It's the human story behind that. That binds us all together. So whereby yeah. it seems like an incredibly elitist story for most part, it's got a good message behind it. Yeah. 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 Indeed it does. And just Indeed. remember, the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain. The plain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also shout out the family guy who did a fantastic rendition of My Fair Lady with Stewie trying to teach... One of the babies, how to sing sophisticatedly, but instead of being the rain in Spain falls mainly in the plain, it turned into (laughs) The life of the wife is taken by the knife. (laughs) The life of the wife is taken by the knife. (laughs) The life of the wife, by God, I think she's got it. How is the life taken? By the knife, by the knife. And where is that wretched knife planted? In the wife, in the wife. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. If you want a weird little tangent, just look it up on YouTube. Stewie Griffin, the life of the wife is taken by the knife. It is all sorts of funny.
1: Family guy's a weird one for me. I... I, I... I think it, it's a gross-out that I don't want to adhere to, so I kind of stay away from it, but every now and again, there's these golden gems that I'm like, maybe I should watch it. I, I, it it's weird. It's so weird. But no, like, so, so funny. going back to, um, I was going to say Pygmalion, um, My Fair Lady, again, another one of the Misses' top films, and you, you, by all means, it needs to be in there. It's a classic, and it plays on the British stereotypes, and as you said, it breaks down social barriers, so. Well played. Well played. It was a My number
2: 6. Yeah. Had to go here. There was I mean you kind of alerted me to this when we were like, oh, what about British films? And you were like, oh bro, come off it. You've got that whole franchise. Pick one. Here we go. I've gone with the Carry On franchise. And there's a lot I could have pulled here. There's so much I could have pulled here. So,
1: so can, um, can I can I just be honest? I forgot Carry On.
2: You're such a twat. You are such a twat. (laughs) I don't believe it. That's worse than Braveheart and Kingsman in my books. I was waiting for you to come out and say we need to punt on the franchise to later. The fuck is wrong with you leaving carry-on off a British list?
1: How stupid.
2: Would you like to take a stab at which one I've gone for? Camping. I knew you would say that. No, um, carry on camping <laughs> no, is man. one of the best. Is one of the best ones. No, I've gone with carry on cabbie. Oh, you brought this up before. Just because there's so much good going on here. Like, if I wanted to really show, you know, we're talking best of British. Well, what says Britain more than a black cab? Yeah. 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 You know? And the fact that this film is so fucking ahead of its time when it comes to, you know, breaking barriers and smashing the so-called patriarchy, not so-called, the existing patriarchy, shouldn't say so-called patriarchy, sorry. But when it comes to, you know, smashing the patriarchy and it comes to breaking barriers, because it's essentially, we're in a time where the construct of Britain and of the world, in fact, is men work, women stay home, do ironing and do the cooking and do the cleaning. And... You've got all of the regular carry on cast minus Kenneth Williams. I don't think, no, he's not in this one, but you know, you've got Sid James, Kenneth Connor, Charles Hauntree, Joan Sims, Hathy Jakes. They're all in it, right? The iconic. Don't cast. Winter. Huh? Don't forget Barbara Windsor.
1: Is Babs in the Babs isn't in this one. Oh, okay. Wow. It needed to be mentioned that she's not in it. Even yeah. yeah, yeah. Is Babs
2: in. Is the iconic female in, in carry on, no doubt, but Babs isn't in this one. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you've thrown me there. I had to think about Barbara Windsor. Yeah, and essentially what happens, Sid, Sid Sidney James runs the cab company. And his wife, played by um Hathy Jakes, essentially has enough of being the housewife because he always comes home late. He's married to his work. He never has time for her. He's not the role model husband, should we say? So she says, I'm gonna go to work. I'm gonna go do my own thing, right? But what she doesn't tell him is that she's taking all of their money to set up a rival. Cab company, and it's called Glam Cabs. And the USP of Glam Cabs is all female drivers, and they all happen to be hot. <laughs> I love it. I, I must admit, I, I missed that. I have missed that one, and
1: I do need to see it because it sounds all kinds of cool. <laughs> Let's be honest. It, and as you said, ahead of its time. It's playing on those stereotypes, and it puts the guys to shame, which we seem to do be doing good a bit in this. Um, Sorry putting guys to shame is something we seem to be talking about quite a bit in this episode
3: unexpectedly
1: <laughs> Best the british yeah. there you go there you go no all kinds of cool i yeah on the list i do have the whole collection so i will just
2: knock it out for the ones you for me the best one ever is carry on Clio. that's when they went yeah, yeah, yeah. High, high, um, high, high, low. Low. I don't think they'll ever top Carry On Cleo. Carry On Cruising was brilliant. Camping was brilliant. Um, at Your Convenience was very funny. Um, cabbies, definitely one of the best. Carry On Up the Khyber was also very, very good. Well, you've got, I mean, it's so racist now, but Jesus <laughs> Christ, you've got. I. Like, yeah, you just couldn't get away with these films. No, there's a lot
1: of, there's a lot of stuff you can't get away with. Be it racially or be it just gender based, like a lot of stuff that just the context is just all kinds of wrong and carry on, really. But mm. yes, they in their time they were quite funny. And if if you step back a bit, you could you can have a
2: laugh of it for sure. Yes. They're all sorts of fun. Yeah. Anyway, you're number five. Bohemian Rhapsody. Stop what you're doing to me this week, okay? God damn it!
1: So, yes, Bohemian Rhapsody is the story of Freddie Mercury and Queen. Now, for many reasons, I mean, when you're talking about British icons in pop and rock, Queen is obviously going to be there. I'm going to put my hand up, and I know you've done it. I still haven't seen Rocket Man, so I can't put that in there. Yeah. And yes, you can bring up the fact that Queen traveled, so it's not all within the UK, but the core of the film is in the UK.
2: The core of the film is in the UK, and the big set piece is in the UK. It's fucking Thank Wembley. You. Thank
1: you. Now, if I'm going to talk the UK, there is no way we're going to leave out Wembley Stadium. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Wembley, Wembley in name can hold fire to Madison Square Garden as a world famous venue.
1: Yeah, there you go, there you go. So this is it, and the way that film. I mean, it, uh, we'll talk the journey of the film, and then we'll talk about the, uh, the the iconicity of the Wembley part because it is essentially Freddie Mercury's life coming to terms with homosexuality, um the identity change of Farouk to Freddie in order to be seen and you know to to be taken on in the world to to make it in this career where many people doubted him for having an Asian background and he he challenged it all he made it happen there are some inaccuracies in terms of time scale and certain bits are left out but you see enough of the relationship he had with the bandmates, his Mm -hmm. wife his family just in terms of acceptance and the confidence and the the, the, the bravado that made them who they were, how cool they were. And we can't not talk Live Aid, which essentially is the main part of this film. It's the build up to Queen to Live Aid after what was, some would have said it was a breakup. It wasn't essentially really a breakup that that was dramatized. they done solo, but Queen was still there, but Queen came out to Live Aid and turned that show around. You had huge acts there who just couldn't create a penny. If you would, Queen come on, the phone lines are blowing up. People are donating left, right and centre. And the way that has been recreated, oh. if, I, I encourage anyone to go to YouTube and put... Um, Bahamian, Bahamian
2: Rhapsody Rhapsody, versus Real Live Aid. Yeah
1: versus, yeah, versus Real Live Aid. And just watch it frame for frame. What they do is absolutely amazing. The way they recaptured that stadium, because mm-hmm. it wasn't in Wembley, it was at an air drone somewhere just outside yeah. of London. It's absolutely fascinating has to be seen.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was one of the most satisfying films I have seen for an age. And I remember a lot of people crying, not from sadness, but it was a weird one. It was crying from fulfillment. Like you get that? Like, I needed that. I needed that movie.
1: Do you know what's also weird? It's called Bohemian Rhapsody. And yes, you do hear Bohemian Rhapsody. And you know, everyone has their favorite, favorite song. It doesn't end with Bohemian Rhapsody. It ends with mm. "Don't Stop Me Now," and that honestly is the best way off, to propose it. it. It gives you that mo- that that drive, that 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 feeling that you're talking about, that emotion that you're saying why there was that tear. It it gives you that sense of purpose and fulfillment, a hundred percent.
2: And it really, you do really in that Wembley set piece feel like you're there. You feel like you're at a concert. You, yeah. it's unreal. Yeah, what they did, like 100%. And- And Rami Malek, man, was so fucking good as Freddie. You're you're talking about a guy who's had, you know, no singing experience whatsoever. And to put a performance like that under his belt. Yeah. (laughs) We're talking about one of, if not the greatest rock singer of all time here. Yeah, <laughs> to bring him to life like that was like Jesus. No, he done awesome.
1: He done absolutely awesome, and he played on all of Freddie's quirks, which I love even more. It was it was top. It was tops. All of those that, that would call it arrogance, if you would, but that Freddie Mercury arrogance that you, It's lovable
2: arrogance. It's, it, oh, it was tops. It was great, great film. Yeah, but I'm bringing in a great film now. We're in my top five. I'm going to enter Mr. Stanley Kubrick into the fray, because I am bringing to the table Clockwork Orange. Orange. Yeah. So, I must admit, I I will put my hand up, and I
1: forgot. I remembered it, and then I forgot. So now you're saying it. it, It's a great film. I'm going to revisit this film, because I must admit, the way I also saw Clockwork Orange would never be fair for me to put it on a list. I wasn't old enough to watch it, so I snuck to watch it, and I've never really revisited it. I was just kind of confused at what I was watching, and I do need to go back. I'm going to say something. I don't know if it's very popular. I'm not too sure what my approach is with Kubrick films.
2: <laughs> no, that's very popular. You'd be surprised. That's more yeah. than fair to say.
1: Honestly, and do you know, one film I went back to while well, before I give you the chance to actually praise this film, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Well, that one I still couldn't get past the beginning. Right, I'd done it for what. For- Honestly, I went to openings and I'd done the opening. And I was like, okay, I've seen the opening. That was a topic. I'll come back to it. Do you know the one that really hurt me with Kubrick? When I went back to it and I was like, no. Nah. You're going to say Eyes Wide Shut
2: because you're a Tom Cruise guy. Fuck
1: off. Bro, I went back to it
2: and I was like, what?
1: It wasn't what I remember it being.
2: It wasn't what okay. I remember it being. You reserve the right to be wrong. That's absolutely fine. <sighs> Maybe. I just, I was really sorry. Trying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fuck that noise! Tangent time. Why do you not like The Shining? What I? How can I say this? How can you say this? That's kind I, of. I remember I'm going at. back
1: to this, right? I remember seeing it as a kid that I had this tension there or what have you, and I was like years. And then I'm watching it back with the the missing episodes so over, like okay, like, let's watch this. And I thought, what am I watching? First of all, this whole possession going on I
2: was like ugh. like Danny just began to annoy the crap out of me you be careful with Danny or I will red rum the fuck out of you
1: but that all of that was annoying and then the, the, the apparitions I just felt it there I say there were some parts that were just it I'm just meant to just buy into it one minute he's taking on the caretaker role then he's right and then he's snapping at his wife and it, I don't feel the cabin fever creeping in it just was accept it I felt that then our guy who actually gives the name of the film. Oh, you can read stuff. Me and my mum used to do that. We called it the shining. And I was like, what? And then even the, the anticipation of the buildup of it, I don't want to spoil this for anyone who's not seen it yet, even though it's an all time classic, like it took me ages to come back to it. I was just like, Kevin fever is not there. And then the, what was meant to be the, is it there? Is it not there? I was just like, this is just, it, it, bugged the hell out of me i was just like no huh.
3: no yeah it just did
1: it. like the woman in the bath who was hot then the next minute she's all kinds of I'm is she there is she not there walking into this room did that happen did it not and i'm 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 okay with the the, uh, the 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 surreal versus the real i'm cool with that certain things you can be like did that happen did it not take inception for god's sakes you know we talk about it is it real life is it not i'm cool with those and I just looked at this one and I was like, you're not giving me what I really remember. Like, when was the last time you watched The Shining?
2: During the countdown of the top 100 list, so... And
1: you still really appreciated it? Yeah, like, fuck. No, it just, it wasn't for me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking silver screen revelation right here. No, 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 no. Okay. And you, uh, alert, you are not going to like 2001: A Space Odyssey.
1: I don't think I'm, that's what I said to you. I enjoyed it for the opening, and then I was all sort of like, "I'll come back to this because you of what it is." Like
2: it. The ending is going to rub you up the wrong way, big time. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot because it, it needs to be done. It's life. It, it's what needs to be done. But honestly, I went back to The Shining, and I was disappointed. But yes, let's let's do a Cockroach Orange because it's not Kubrick, it's Britain we're talking.
2: It's Kubrick, it's Britain, it's a dystopian Britain. It's a Britain in which the world has literally gone to shit. Social boundaries have broken down. The division between wealth and poor has become even greater. There's an absolute disregard for social care while having an extreme emphasis on social control. In this case, almost like mind erasure and mind control, which they do to the, you know, in, incredibly violent which is uh alex is in alex in this case played by uh, malcolm mcdowell it's it's a harsh view on what can happen to to a society that falls apart that's kind of what kubrick was going for in this you Ooh. have to always remember with kubrick you mustn't look at his movies there, there are one or two exceptions like full metal jacket for instance But for the most part, when his movies get a bit trippy, should we say, like in 2001, like in, yeah, like in this, like in The Clockwork Orange, even like in The Shining, you mustn't absorb his movies the way you would absorb a traditional piece of cinema. You have to almost absorb them as like, almost like a traditional story. So he's asking you to think beyond what's shown on screen. And I'll go go to the ending of 2001 A Space Odyssey without telling you what it is. You look at it, you know, what you're seeing on screen is you're going, huh? What the fuck? But then if you think about modern mythology like superhero movies or you think about classical mythology what you're seeing is actually like he's doing that going back to earth in that form and okay i get it 2000 um clockwork orange very similarly you're not meant to just see it as this is my interpretation of what future will be like this is my interpretation of what society is it's like no this is a narrative critique on what could in a very extreme circumstance happen if certain social devices are left uncontrolled. Things like social control, that needs to be controlled in itself. So there's a kind of double irony with what's going on in in A Clockwork Orange. But yeah, it's a very, very bleak outlook of what society could be if it falls apart.
1: Some of it, and I will give it a shot. As I said, it was just a weird one and I just haven't had that chance to get back to it. But I am aware of its classic status. So mm. it's something I will go back to
2: and revisit. It's very out there, like it's very, very, very art house in its design. Okay, cool. Your number four, back to Scotland. Train spotting. That's a punt. Okay,
1: cool. I had a feeling it would be. Over to you.
2: Uh, my number four is the other werewolf movie, an American werewolf in London.
1: Had a feeling it was there. Had a feeling it was coming. I. <sighs> I just couldn't squeeze it in. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, I mean, my number two is very generous as a number two, but it's also very iconic, so I kept it in. And my four and three, I'm not really moving. Four, you've already punted, so it proves how high that is. And number three is a a banger.
2: I think we've got the same three, by the way. Um, I very much think we've got the same three. Look. An American Werewolf in London, a B movie directed by John Landis, which pretty much is hailed now as the greatest werewolf film of all time. Two American backpackers go traveling in England. They end up on the moors. They go to a little, you know, quaint small town pub called Ha! The Slaughtered Lamb. <laughs> they hear stories of a creature that lives on the moors. They decide, whatever. They decide to cut across the moors. They are attacked. One of them gets completely like ripped apart. The other Indeed. one survives. But then, when the full moon comes out, shit goes wrong. That <laughs> that <was laughs> say. That we say you get the most iconic transformation scene ever, ever. Uh, the way that this guy turns into a werewolf is even now is incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. I I won't go into detail of what it is. Even if you just YouTube that one scene, do it to see the werewolf transformation, because it is legend. And then he starts tearing London apart. Then he goes back to being human and he's like, what the fuck happened? (laughs) And you've got this kind of rigmarole back and forth of, I'm a nice guy. I'm a terrible werewolf. I'm a nice guy. I'm a terrible werewolf. Help. Yeah. So it's almost like a horror comedy in a way. I mean, it's certainly got his comedic moments, like with his friend who comes back as a ghost and is completely ripped apart. I mean, it's it's all sorts of nasty. But yeah, American werewolf in London, that's a banger.
1: Absolutely. No, for sure. For perfection. sure. I'm not gonna argue with that. Not gonna argue with that. That most definitely doesn't just just talking about this just because you're talking about the, the opening where they get Attacked in the moors. Did you see that hitchhiker who nearly came across the cave, a cougar's den recently? Not hitchhiker, a runner. And he's actually on the film. It's worth watching. Hitchhiker Cougar. Just put it in. You'll see it on Google. It's, I think it's viral at the moment. And he's like backing up. And where? Trying to, where? where is
2: it? In America. I was going to say, we don't have cougars here,
1: mate. as you talked about the moors, it just reminded me of that guy that I saw that video recently. And my God, is that scary? It's like an eight, a couple of minutes, I think it's about eight minutes. It's got a few minutes to it. And you just see him running back hunting him. Well, basically it's protecting her kids. Right. So he's now running back like, oh no, I'm going back. Stay away, stay away. And you can see when it's getting into like attack mode kind of thing and how he just does it, and eventually he's able to get a stone and throw it, and it runs back. But Jesus Christ, is it terrifying?
2: Just Hitchhiker to know, that... cougar, yeah,
1: um, no, runner, 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 cougar. Okay, yeah, literally put it out there. It's all over the place at the moment. I think you can even type in cougar, or it's going to be trending that much, it'll be at the top.
2: Okay, be
1: careful though, that you there are other cougars that we're not going <laughs> to you don't want to find online, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, American Werewolf in London, top choice. Top choice. Prop Your number three, My number three, In the Name of the Father.
2: <laughs> Is that it set in the UK? It's... I swear it's set in Ireland. Well,
1: hold on. Bear in mind, there's the Guildford bombing. There's London. And they came from... Of course, what I part think. of
2: now you've yeah, got me yeah. yeah 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 of course of course for fuck's sake nico i was even on daniel day lewis this morning but my mind went to my left foot yeah no uh da, 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 da. and he's in right. belfast you've got it and, he's you've in got, belfast. You've got and it's belfast right yeah I don't like you this week. <laughs> it's been a revealing
1: one. You didn't... Because you do realise... Just Oh, God, I'm going to make you feel like a real shit because it's not on my list because I had to pick one. The boxer was also applicable.
2: I wouldn't have leaned for that one. But, but I'm just saying... That both in the name of the father, that fucks me off. That
1: That's fucks me off. It's, it's the, the, the stuff. So it's about a man who grows up in Belfast but moves to... London and uh, there's a bombing basically because of the IRA and the problems that they're causing he, he moves to London to get away from half of the trouble and then gets wrongly convicted as one of the four men who, but well, him and his father, get wrongly convicted for the bombings of a, a pub it, a, it was a pub, it was a yeah. pub isn't it, in Guildford and it's the long standing battle to prove their innocence
3: yeah.
1: and what a film and it's, it's based on true uh, real life yeah. and my God, my God, what a journey. What a journey. And it's not it's not an easy one. It is not an easy journey. And to to, oh, yeah. to have to go through that kind of stuff, especially with innocence, is just not fair.
2: And it's got a performance from the ages, although I get I'm bored of saying that at this point in relation to Mr. Daniel Day Lewis, but again, a performance from the ages, a prison scene that is really hard to watch. Um yeah it's just fuck you
1: (laughs) needed to be mentioned needed to be mentioned and the fuck you was because it needed to be mentioned people so do definitely take the silver screen dude's advice and check that film out
2: right my number three um it's time for Mr Guy Ritchie but which one are we going for right
1: (laughs) I was about to say punt and I'm like well he's probably gonna go he's go he's probably gonna go the same way
2: but they could go the other way. Look, for me, they're all great, his films, when they're set in the UK. They really yeah. are. Um, but I think his crowning achievement is the one I've gone for, and that's Snatch.
1: Punt. Punt, yeah. punt, punt, punt.
2: Yeah. Um, right, you're number two. This feels like, an,
1: as I said, it feels like an almighty cheese fest, right? But you can't not honour the UK with this one. Disney classic, Mary Poppins. Nice, it felt so cheesy and hammy, and I keep looking at it. I'm like, should it be my no, number two? No, no, no! Come on, and that's like, British no. it gets. exactly, and that is exactly what hit me. It's like it's as British as it gets. It's, like, it's, as as it gets. it's Julie Andrews doing the magic yeah. that she does. It's Disney yeah. doing the magic. Dick that Van Dyke and again? Dick Van Dyke. Well, Dick Van Dyke is well. Dick Van Dyke is absolutely amazing, but Julie Andrews. She's she's just that. She has that magic and that charisma, doesn't she? And she brings Mary. To life in such a great way and Disney they, they, that merge and that synergy obviously Dick Van Dyke is burnt. <laughs> our favourite chimney sweep but it, you know all of it all of it. <laughs> all of it just creates one of these great fantastic stories of the nanny that the, the children don't necessarily realise they wanted at first you know ready failed nannies along the way and here comes this one who's prim and proper and does this and puts everyone in order, but she appeals to the parents and then she takes them on this magical journey that actually is not just a journey for the children, but one for the parents as well. It changes the family for all intents and purposes. And that is the magic of Mary Poppins that we can't ever dismay.
2: Every time I rewatch that movie, it still makes me smile. It's absolutely wonderful. From the moment she arrives and You know the practically perfect in every way, and you get the spoonful of sugar song. I mean, the songs in this film are something special, aren't they? Yeah. Um, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Um, (laughs) I love to laugh loud and long and clear. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's bangers all the way through, man. And it's 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 a very small, tight, intimate little journey they go on. But you know, in the scope of this journey, they do if anything, change the parents' perception and get the parents more involved with looking after the kids. They learn about corporate greed with the bank. They learn about the values of a good, hard day. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be sweeping chimneys for all you matter, but have you put in your maximum effort for the day? So there's a lot of good messages behind it.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed. (laughs) It's Mary Poppins. There's that much work in that. You're number two.
2: Mary Poppins. Um, right, my number two is the pun from earlier. That is train spotting. Oh, nice, nice. You've left off my number one. Jesus fucking Christ. <sighs> it's just dwelled on me. Wow. Wow. I, I'm I gonna kick myself or... I think you've made the biggest crime of all of the things I've left off. I think you and you've left carry on off, so I actually think you're more guilty than I am today. <laughs> right Jeez. anyway. How have you left my one off? That's insane. Anyway, anyway, um, train spotting, yeah, a drug movie <laughs> set in Scotland about four perennial fucking losers, which turns into five perennial fucking losers. Then one of them dies because of heroin addiction. Then they all try to get their life together. Then they come across a huge. Amount of heroin and sell it off in London, and that's kind of giving away at the end. But the journey that these guys go through and graphic as hell, man.
1: Like, if there was a film that said, Don't do it, this was the one. This is the film that shows, something Yeah, choose really, life,
2: just yeah. choose life.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This film is all kinds of disturbing, man. All kinds that's of a, disturbing. We're,
2: we're always going to pull the, the baby in the cradle, right? Yeah, mate. Oh, fuck oh fuck, 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 yeah.
1: Fuck, fuck. yeah yeah very very yeah Ooh, sorry yeah um yeah keep talking it's a podcast um yeah it it it,
2: it, shows, it shows the the glamour of drugs that you really only see from the people actually taking it which is perceived as glamour it shows all of the fucking bad side of it all of the bad side And it shows all of the deep, dark, nasty side. People dying, people overdosing, people going into poverty, people resorting to crime to feed their addiction. It does not pull a punch when it comes to addiction on heroin. Like the deep, dark, stupid places you'll go in order to just get your next fucking hit. And yet somehow it's inherently fucking funny. because yeah yeah it tread that line so well like if ever there was a film to show that yeah the difference between comedy and tragedy is just a little barge of the shoulder yeah
1: yeah it is it is fin line just flips
2: back and forth like some moments it's tragic then it's funny then it's tragic then it's funny like there's some amazing lines in it you know i'm not going to spoil them all but there are some fantastic lines in it there's moments that you obviously never forget funny and terrible it's it's got a cast in it with ewan mcgregor and robert carlisle and i believe reese is in this i mean yeah, it's just he is, he is. top to bottom superb indeed indeed
1: yeah no it's a big one it's a big one i can understand that being a number two that no, yeah that's big it's big and it yeah it's 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 one to be seen and i don't think it ages you know it really you can watch it anytime
2: no it, it will be applicable as long as drugs are around
1: yeah, will be be very see very see. Indeed, right. So, my number one.
2: How oh, You're Worst.
1: Oh, yes. Oh. Who do you think you're kidding,
2: Mr. Hitler?
1: That proves you didn't hmm. watch the TV show as much as I didn't. Dad's Army.
2: Yeah, I never saw it.
1: It took me a while. It took me a while because I didn't actually ever watch the TV series and I remember with all that we've done in our youtube days you know i mean we love films anyway but this is what i hesitated on and i went to see it and for something that was meant to be a comedy i have never sat in a cinema so emotionless and that possibly Mm -hmm. also includes cats but it was just
3: it had nothing
1: it gave me nothing i for, for something that was meant to be funny i just sat there and i was like this is i i don't know if there was a generation and what makes it worse is that Okay, it was a late screening, so there was about 12 of us possibly in the cinema. But I don't recall a single person laughing. Unfortunate, because for what is meant to be a classic British comedy, it just didn't deliver in film.
2: Is it a classic British comedy, Dad's Army?
1: This TV series. I honestly believe it is. Okay. Not for me. I've never watched it, but I know it's up there.
2: Never caught my attention. Yeah. Okay, my worst is, so it's a football film. It's about, I'll just say the name, Football Factory. It's, I haven't seen that one. Bro, it, they, yeah, there's nothing to see here. It's a, It's a film which is void of anything. It doesn't capture football fandom in all its glory at all. In fact, it just kind of chooses to show the one dimensional boring point of view that football fans equal hooligans which is just not the case so borderline offended by that but it just has nothing to say it's like so there's football fans and what they like to do in firms is they like to get together on the weekend and kick the shit out of each other okay cool you've presented me a mechanism for a film now give me some character development give me something which I can be like <sighs> Shit that I can relate to. Give me a motivation behind said beating up. It's like, nah, we just fucking do it because we're odd, It. It's the lowest common denominator form of bollocks relating to football fandom, and it's got that wanker, Armagnac man, Danny Dyer in it.
1: Do you know what bugged me? I
2: would love to go five rounds with Danny Dyer. Do you know what bugs me with Danny Dyer? Pissing um, in a little fucking corner like a squealing pig. I have...
1: I remember Danny Dyer in Mean Machine. And I right. thought he was really hilarious in that. And I've seen
2: him in bits. And I used to see him as like, that's what I believe to be the real Danny Dyer.
1: But this is what I'm saying. It's not
2: like, a bit of a action like but you're a bit of a fucking fairy, mate.
1: I'm not going to like send for him, but it's like, that's why I got it. You know, the comedic hard man. You know, it, it's that... I'm not going to call him Kevin Hart, but you're piping up, but you're not. You know, that's what, yeah, what yeah, I and then more and more people wanted me to believe in Danny Dyer, the ultimate hard man. And I'm like, fuck off. It just, even now i have watching him in his now and the way he gives these
2: kind of, right. All right. And I'm like, mate, just allow it. Honestly, yeah. I... he's one fucking top down button shirt away from being Tim Westwood. Who's also a knob. <laughs> Cause I'm your boy, Tim Westwood innit? it. And I hangs out with Snoop Dogg and the lark, innit? And this is Pimp My Ride. It's like, you, shush, you do not speak. You should not be on radio. Get in your lane. You know,
1: Westwood winds me up, but I appreciate what he'd done for the industry, if you would. But I agree with you what you're saying, because it's like, put it this way. If I became a reggae connoisseur tomorrow, right? And I, I mean, I'm just about, I do my reggae. And yes, people, this is a black man talking here. I don't necessarily have to become, all right, scenes, So what are we about to do right here? We're about to drop the new track. Like, you don't have to do that. You can be you and still be in contact with people. Yeah. Yes, I don't mind the occasional brav, bro, yes, fam. Like, it's cool. But be you. And when I'm just seeing this, what essentially looks like a 12-foot dude, beanpole, going, hey, yeah, dog, it's Tim Wurzwood, and this... I'm like, hey, just... No, because... Be cool. That's... Come here. Chill. It's like, just be yeah, cool. Yeah, it's just, just, Chill. just turn it down. And be to just, me, it's just, like oh, you're cool. trying to find character, and essentially that's what you're saying to me with Danny Dyer as well. It's just like...
2: Completely. And he doesn't even play the lead hard man in this. He's just one of the many hard men, but he's obviously, I guess, the biggest name in this, and he's the attraction in it, I mean, if you can call it an attraction. The movie, I can't forgive it because it inherently just doesn't fucking have anything to say. It's like, okay, there are bad football fans out there. Affirmative. Yes, there are things called football firms out there, which are known to just be the worst of the worst to get together and kick the shit out of each other on the weekend. It's a nasty side of the game, although it's being phased out more and more, but they still exist. Yes, affirmative. What's your story? Oh, we're hard men who kick the shit. Yeah, I get that you're quote unquote hard men. Yes, I know that you kick the shit. Out. What is your story? What are you trying to tell me? What are, what is your ultimate objective with this film? We're hard. I get it. What are you telling me?
1: It, your number one's not football, is it? No, hell no. No, okay, good. No, because what I'm just going to say is, is, you could take something like Green Street, which actually gives you a bit more. Green of a- Street was alright. That's what I'm saying. You can get more depth into this kind of film. I think there's a film called The Firm. I haven't actually seen that, but there are more in-depth versions of this available. So yeah, I, I from what you're saying, I get it. It needs a purpose kind of
2: thing. Yeah, and there was none. There was a bit of fucking friction within The Firm about who's a hard man, who's not a hard man. Oh, we won't step up. You mug me off in front of my pals. It's like, oh, it's just... In the politest possible way to counterbalance the Neanderthalic behaviours and the musings of the football firms, would sirs please kindly suck one? Sad times, sad times.
1: Just wrong, mate. Right. Okay, fair enough. Right, so in at number one is the one we punted on. Do you know what? I didn't. At first, I was like, I don't want this to be my number one. But the more I played with it, the more I'm like, this, I've never been more attached to a British movie than this one. So, with that, yes, it takes the victory.
3: Yeah.
1: And it, I get it. It's it snatch. It snatch. And this is, this, as you said, this is the, the crowning achievement for
3: Guy Ritchie. Yeah.
1: This, this, this one was the one. And, you know, it also hurt. And I'm not knocking this and I'm not trying to take the British pride out of it that it has to be, because I nearly went lockstock on the sense of, it's more of an all-British cast, like this Dude, one. Sherlock Holmes?
2: Could have brought that in.
1: Yeah, you could have, you could. Yeah, exactly, you could have. But no, I had to go to the grounded one that is really the core of what brought died to people, you know, guy to everyone's attention. And this was the one. And I think Adam Brad Pitt, even though he plays an Irishman, and yes, he is in America. It just, the, the different characters ah, that ah, you've ah, ah.
2: He's not Irish. He's pikey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I was like, "What? He's not? What do you mean? <laughs> he won't play." But they are the magic, the comedy. This put Jason Statham on the map. I, I, I don't
2: care what anyone says. I kind of but... wish it didn't because I like this Jason Statham. Everything that kind of followed this, I was like, yeah, "I the Expendables." I won't lie, but to a degree, I guess, in Fast and the Furious, but all of these kind of multi-yearly release B-movie action films. It's like Jason Statham hangs off a building. Jason Statham runs through the jungle. Jason Statham punches a crocodile. Jason Statham drives a car. It's like, stop!
1: Yeah, the transporter and all these. There's some weird films along the way. There are some really weird films, but I'm happy for him because it just shows that what was really... It's the film that wasn't meant to be, if you would. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's there, but like how far it's gone and what it's done for him and what have you. It's like, wow,
2: it, it just shows everything. Yeah. Everything about the underbelly of London, all surrounding this illegal gang sure. boxing. Yeah. Like, bare-knuckle boxing. That's kind of the centrepiece of this film. And it's everything that revolves into, and it's absolutely not a boxing movie. but It's, it's everything
1: not a boxing different. movie. It's also not a, it's not also not a diamond um, heist movie. It's not, it's not a heist maybe. movie at all. But there's an element
2: of that to it. And it just, it shows everything from sort of like, you know, the, the, the Jewish jeweler who's fronting his store, but is actually a gangster on the background and parallel to that very high end jewelry store. You've got the Yardies who are, you know, the East end black guys who have got their illegal diamond trade. It's a night, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you've got, you've got the, the guys who front the boxers played by Jason Statham and Tommy, the tit, you've got, <laughs> the people who they recruit to be boxers, which are actually the Irish pikeys. I'm not saying the Irish are pikies, I'm saying in this, they are called pikies, right? And then you've got the big scary fucker at the top called Bricktop, who's controlling the whole thing. And then you've even got the American gangsters played by Dennis Fariner who come in. There is just so fucking much going on in this film. Yeah. And the comedy, the fucking comedy. Every you could literally pick a moment from every scene in this movie, and there's something funny. It doesn't matter if it's the desert eagle <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's. You know, if it's when when they actually go and see the pike, oh, you bastard, I fucking hate pikeys, you know, this will get messy. And then you actually hear them speak, oh, folk man, calm me, calm me, make it. Hey, he let dogs, he let blue. hey, guys, hey, you know, and it's purposefully unintelligible. And that's, you find out that's how they do business. It's not English, it's not Irish, it's just pike. <laughs> Great, <laughs> or when he's even sending him to get the caravan, so what do I know about caravans, Turkish? Well, you spent the summer in one, it means you know more than me.
3: <laughs>
2: okay, yeah. it, You see know what
1: it is it takes British wit to its highest, yes, sir. you know. And it says so, so those bits like Tyrone, why didn't you park there? It's too tight,
2: too tight, tight. You can park a fucking jumbo jet in there, Tyrone. <laughs> then it's
1: the robbery itself, give us the money. All bets are off. That's good, because I'm, I'm not here a-
3: to make a
2: fucking bet. Appreciate that, but all bets are off. <laughs> I'm not fucking buying it. Well, that's convenient, because I'm fucking selling it. It's a fact. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all these bits, I don't even want to spoil it, because there's so many gems that you can find within that I seat. and when
2: the two of them are locked in, the bookies, and Tyrone just go, opens the door casually. <laughs> what the fuck are you two doing? da 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 <laughs> it's
3: Tops,
1: man. Absolute magic.
2: absolutely. magic. Oh, it is just stops, Tyrone, who is this man? It's a man with nine fingers and a briefcase, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, yeah. That dog no. on my seat. Your seat? This is a stolen car, Tyrone. As long as I'm behind the wheel, it's my seat. So mind that dog on my seat. I mean, I, oh, that I have to say that scene, I think, is my absolute favourite. I thought you said he was a getaway driver. What the fuck could he get away from? Don't you worry about Tyrone. He can move when he needs to. You just worry about getting us a gun. <laughs> and what may I ask is that, Sol? <laughs> this is a shotgun, Vincent. It is a fucking anti-aircraft rifle, Sol.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, right, the right is beautiful. Absolutely it
2: beautiful. is literally britain does tarantino it yeah. is so on point point.
1: and i we can't move on from this film without mentioning bricktop bricktop is one of the vilest characters and the slides oh, he are yeah. one of the most unappealing men ever and you're like would you like some sugar bricktop no thanks
2: i'm, I'm sweet not sure yeah. you know
3: <laughs> you no know.
1: nah, great stuff great stuff right over to you, sir. You're number
2: one. Do you know what insurrection means? A righteous infliction of retribution manifested by an appropriate agent, personified in this case by a horrible cunt, me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. But I do maintain it's my number three. No problem. No problem. I'm in As a British kind of in the, you know, social zeitgeist, I do think train spotting is a superior movie. Only just, only just. I have a lot more fun, obviously, with Snatch. But my friend, we've talked carry on, but I'm afraid you have left off possibly what is the greatest comedy of all time, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Do you know it's stupid? Because it did cross my mind.
1: It did cross my mind, you know, and I actually, for some reason, didn't...
2: Nothing, 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 Is more British than this. Nothing captures a sense of place and time better. Nothing breaks the fourth wall better in order to take the piss out of itself. Nothing tells a story that's more British. I mean, it's King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. How British do you want to be? Nothing has got more British stars in it than the likes of John Cleese. Like, this is this. You can smell the fucking British on this. For sure. For sure. It is just, it's the story, I brought up King Arthur already, it is the story of King Arthur, but not as you know it. It opens with coconuts, not with horses. Why? Because they didn't have the budget for horses, and they're taking the piss out of themselves for that. And the adventure these guys go on, Brave Sir Robin... Who ran away, brave Sir Robin? He ran away. You've obviously got Lancelot played by John Cleese. You've got King Arthur himself. You've got these iconic scenes with the knights of <makes> ni. <noise> <sighs> we are no longer the knights who say ni. Nee. We are now the knights who say Eki 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 It's so random. It is so fucking random. And for that reason. That randomness in the comedy, which is kind of where we're at now with our comedy. It was so ahead of its time. The fact that it could break the fourth wall with the coconuts and even with the police coming in at the end, clearly influenced things like Deadpool. The fact that you've got a classic story like King Arthur, but brought into a comedy world. And can we talk about the fucking holy hand grenade on the bunny rabbit? Like this film top to bottom is cinematic perfection and i don't think it's an overstatement to say this is the greatest comedy of all time it just is oh you
1: cool Okay, so, no, I heard, I heard it No, 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 well played, well played. I don't know why my brain, do you know what? For some reason, I, I kept going old school and I had, do you know what my problem was? And it, it's still a sin. Without taking the depth, I was like, I've done too many comedies. And then I started to look outside the box and for some reason I completely forgot Monty Python. So, yeah, no, I, I the minute you said it and that you forgot Karen as well, I was like, yep, he's going to bring up Monty Python. I'm a fool, I'm a fool. <laughs> so, I well think played. that's
2: the biggest crime today, mate.
1: Probably. Probably,
2: right? Okay, Rushmore. well, well played. Both of our number ones are going on the Rushmore. That's given.
1: Yeah, okay, because right. they both but,
2: represent okay. such radical differences.
1: Indeed, indeed, indeed. So we have Snatch and we have Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
3: Mm.
1: Okay, Mary.
2: Possibly. Fair enough. See, there's so many ways we can go here, because do we go down the train spotting route, but then there's an argument to be made that it's maybe a bit too similar to Snatch. I don't agree with that, but I know that people would go down that route. Do we go carry on cabbie? But then there's certainly an argument to say, well, we've already kind of touched on iconicity of comedy. Indeed. Um, There's certainly an argument to be made for an American werewolf and a clockwork orange. Because they're both very different to the current two we have in. There's also an argument to be made for the sword and the stone, given that it's an animation. But then again, it's a King Arthur story. We've already kind of got that.
1: What would you say to In the Name of the Father?
2: I mean, I'd say that should maybe go on, yeah?
1: (laughs) So then it's just the fourth spot, yeah?
2: I love In the Name of the Father. I'm just wondering how the Twitterverse is going to respond to this. This is where I hesitate. Braveheart? Yeah, fuck yeah. Put Braveheart on there. Braveheart should be on there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Twitter will respond well to that. Oh, I'm thinking. not fucking trash it because it's Mel, and I'd be interested to see where people are at with that. <sighs> Surely, an American werewolf in London needs to go on. There.
1: I think so. I think so. It's weird to not have like Mary Poppin or even, um, oh, what's her name? Eliza, my fair lady, like that classic British. It feels weird because we don't have that classic Britishness. <laughs> That I would even, I think I'd even go My Fair Lady over Mary Poppins with that.
2: Yeah. Although, Julie Andrews, Audrey Hepburn, <sighs> who are we going with there? But no, <laughs> uh, mate, we've got our four. Let's be real. These have the.
1: Well,
2: we could keep turning with this list, but I mean, I'm looking at this top four and I mean, it looks. Are you okay with My Fair Lady? Yeah. No, instead of what? we've got our four being what was the fourth an american werewolf in london motherfucker an american werewolf in my fair lady i think so over my fair lady i think so no are you not on board with that idea
1: i'm just trying to think of the the iconicity of britain i mean it's not saying it's a crap movie because it's not but i'm just like the Englishness, that traditional, when people think of England and they think of that tea and crumpet and tea, you know, the thing with the queen and what we look snatch. At, <laughs> it's not exactly the, the, the upper class elite. Whereas... I don't know, man. It's, Again, you you believe you know the Twitterverse better than I do, so I will, I will leave that on your head. But we are leaving out both Julie Andrews and...
2: I know, but bro, I, but someone's getting left out. We're talking quintessential. At least what I'm pitching is the greatest werewolf film of all time and pretty arguably the greatest comedy of all time.
1: All right, I will take your word on this one. I will take your word on
2: this. Alright, cool. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mound Rushmore of movies set in the UK in no particular order is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Our second entry is Snatch. Snatch. Our
1: third entry is Braveheart.
2: Our final entry into the movie Mount Rushmore of (laughs) movies set in the UK is
1: an American werewolf in London. I wasn't going to howl; I just felt a bit inappropriate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Go on, full shotsy black. (laughs) <laughs>
1: that's the one okay guys right us the silver screen dudes we have put together the quintessential best films set in the UK those are the top four it is now over to you you heard us say how will Twitter react why because we have picked the top four it is on you to pick the number one El Primo El Capitan the number one right that's <laughs> put a bit of an English spin on that one so there it is guys you have those four films all you have to do is head on over to at mt Rushmore or at moviepolls for you, who are our partners in this voting system and just cast your vote. All you had to do is just click the film that catches your liking and that helps them go to be crowned the best film set in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so, last week our topic was?
2: Last week our topic was the top 10 movies under 90 minutes. And our contenders were? Our contenders were Akira Kurosawa's Rashomon, Disney's The Lion King, Stephen King's Stand By Me and Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat. <laughs> He's a nice. Um, didn't have that many votes this week, 219. Um, so it dropped off a little bit. Um, Frank Malfitano at Frank Malfitano said, hint, one is Kurosawa, the others aren't. Frank, I like yeah. the way you think. That's a, that's a, Matthew that's Moy good. said, crap, Stand By Me is my least favorite of these. To which I replied, did you vote for Stand By Me by accident? He said, no, I voted for Borat. And I answered, "Okay, then." Okay, um, okay. David. Yeah, David Bazibasnit just held up a photo of Simba <laughs> being held up on Pride Rock. Didn't really have any other comments, which was a bit weird. Like very, very weak on the comments this week. So I put some feelers out quickly on our Twitter just to ask, um, "What is your favorite movie set in England?" Uh, sorry, that's this week. I went. Where has it gone? Because I did put feelers out here. Here we go. So I did ask our Twitterverse also, what's your favorite movie that's less than 90 minutes long? I didn't give them the options. Um, 80 at PhotoFan9000 said, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a flawless movie with spectacular animation and great songs. The character designs are amazing and it really holds up well. Some people think it's a Halloween movie, but for me, it's a Christmas classic. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, The Nerd's podcast said Zombieland and Office Space come to mind. Cows in the Field said The Squid and the Whale. It's a tight 81-minute movie. Rise Guide said Hot Rod. Geek Peak at Geek Peak Pod said The Original Texas Chainsaw Massacre with honorable mentions to A Quiet Place and the Collector. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a great shout. (laughs) Um, And... Echo Bravo at E-R-O-K-B. Just put Dumbo. Okay, so those are some alternative choices. But would you like to take a stab at who the winner was? Going from fourth up to first. Spoiler, there is an absolute steamrolling this week. Borat's number four. Borat is indeed number four with 9%.
1: Alright, right, bear me a second. Rashomon
2: the Lion King, stand by me.
1: Lion King, third? No, sir. Stand by me? No, sir. Rashomon.
2: Fucking Rashomon came in at third. That hurt me. 19%. Lion King, second? Lion King, second. 25%. And with... 47% 47% of the damn vote Stand By Me. So the one that you essentially picked as your top movie, I can only say well done to you, sir, because Stand By Me with 47% of the vote came in at number one. I guess it's the River Phoenix factor. It
1: could be. It could be. And I think it has a lot of emotional gravitas to it as well, which people will lean to and mm-hmm. take in. So, well, kind of... Weird, like it was a last-minute choice for me as well. As I said, I caught, I caught it last. I was very late to the party on that film, and it, you know, it jumped in at number one, and I'm, I'm happy with that. Rashomon caught me. I have a feeling it might be missed by a lot of people. I, I for what you told was, me, it was, it was I didn't it right. watch it, but I think that's, that's what caught that one. I, I had a feeling for it would take a smack, but it, it, it was a nice choice in between. So
2: yeah, most definitely,
1: that's the one.
3: Okay, that, guys, right.
1: It's a nice indeed. Right, guys, thank you very much. We've entertained you, and I hope—well, I hope we've entertained you. If not, we've edutained you. Hopefully, Um, we we, we've given you a little taste of our hometown, as it well, home country, (laughs) home country, (laughs) and its neighbours. So, our little island there, and the small island connected to Ireland as well. But um, so, guys, Northern Ireland
2: said properly.
1: That's Northern Ireland. That's the one. So, guys, all I want to say is thank you so much. If you do want to. Again, if you do want to vote at movie MT Rushmore or at Movie Poll for you also, please do check out at Silver Screen Dudes. Where I'm a bit of a deadlock at the moment because I need just one extra vote to be able to move forward on the Fast and the Furious Elimination to crown the best movie of that. Also, Nico will be doing the one hundred top one hundred movies as per Empire magazine countdown. So look out for that in the near future too. And there's all sorts of different nuggets from us there and occasionally very occasionally on Facebook. Nico, what else are the Silver Screen Dudes up to?
2: The Silver Screen Dudes also run a wrestling podcast, which comes out every single Saturday. Much tighter, much less tangential show than this. Comes in at about an hour. Available on all the similar podcast platforms as the movie Matt Rushmore. You will... What's the Ministry of Wrestling podcast about? It's basically news, gossip, and predictions on pay-per-views. If you like wrestling, that's the place to be. And if you don't, don't worry. There's more. Because the Silver Screen Dudes, trying to be in conjunction with the release of the PlayStation 5, But that thing's turning out to be a cunt to get a hold of. (laughs) I'm just hoping that the pre-orders turn out to not be an accurate reflection of how many of these machines are actually in stock. And then when release day comes, it's like, oh, here you go. It's like, I didn't even pay a pre-order price. Um, But yeah, we are trying to, in conjunction with the release of the PlayStation 5, get back into gaming a lot more so again hopefully you like wrestling and gaming and we'll be having more entertainment coming your way but the gaming will be coming to you in the form of a live stream um maybe once a week maybe twice a week who the fuck knows it depends when we actually get our hands on a playstation um and in conjunction with said live streaming this podcast that you guys all know and love will also be coming in the form of a live stream so we will be Pretty much every week when we're doing it, we will be recording this stuff as we are now. The podcast isn't going anywhere. If you prefer to just listen to it in audio format, it stays there. We ain't taking that away from you. But it will, should you wish it to be, also be available in audio visual format on our YouTube channel, which we are in the process of rebranding, recreating, and it's 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 a whole thing. It's a work it's in a progress.
1: Process. It's a process. It's a process.
2: Believe in the process, people
1: that's the one right okay guys no so again if you are ever confused at anything that we've just listed there just go to www.silverscreendudes.com we would love to hear from you there as well but just hit us up anywhere and everywhere because hey we we like to talk but we like to talk to you guys as well not just our own this so yeah. guys thank you very much and until the next time i am the one aj
3: Anthony jordan i'm nico Lero. okay guys see ya see ya